Thanks to Sunday for supporting Film Sack. Sunday can help you grow a beautiful lawn without the guesswork or the nasty chemicals. Full season plans start at just $129, and you can get 20% off at checkout when you visit GetSunday.com slash FilmSack20. Broke my heart, Frank. Any more excuses? No. Good. When you work with me, you be punctual. You got it? Sorry, Frank. It won't happen again. I'm just trying to protect your boss, damn it. <laughs> this is Film Sack. Sure. Hello and welcome to Film Sack. This is Film Sack, mining the very depths of film entertainment for all mankind. This is episode 547. I'm Scott Johnson. Joined today by he, sorry, <laughs> Brian, he dropped all his stuff on the way to bed, Jordan. Dunaway. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking it all. I got to put it back on. Uh, Oh, hi. You know, out of all the Kennedy assassination conspiracy theories, which there are many, I would have to say that the circle in red for emphasis photoshopped high and tight, dirty, hairy photo proving that Clint Eastwood was too hungover from the night before to find taking a bullet for the president appealing. One of the most compelling I've heard. While at a bar trying to decide if I want to play the piano first or get drunk first and then play the piano. Jazzy. Also, I always feel like Makovich is watching me. Oh, wait. Anywho. <laughs> if you ever find yourself hanging off the ledge of a building and clinging to John Malkovich with one hand and reaching for your gun with the other, don't bother. That dude will deep throw to Smith & Wesson Model 29 like a cartoon owl trying to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll Pop. <laughs> now that is panache with a side of cockamamie. Hey, Randy. Go home. Hug your wife and kid. And uh, keep your head out of freezer bags. Uh... I thought he had, he was going to be a turncoat and not die, by the way. Yeah. I forgot about well, that. Well, I always feel like Nakovich yeah. is watching me, man. Well, the guy, well, I'll get to it. We'll, we'll talk about it. Also with us, Randy, never make chit-chat while working at the bank, Jordan. Aloha, Scott. Brian. Brian. Thanks Randy? for coming to this meeting, fellas. We've, uh, we've invited one piece of window dressing, and we're going to demonstrate how realistic it is. When one of you is the person she's obviously least compatible with, and also the one she tries to have sex with. Mm. And that leads us to my new book, How to Guarantee the Most Coitus Interruptus. Mm. That's right. You too can become an expert at keeping people from going all the way if you just follow my three easy rules. Number one, first and foremost, discourage people who have an athletic job from staying in good shape. If they're out of breath from just disrobing, their lover, who's 24 years younger than them, might think <laughs> twice about continuing. Number two, make sure you really underline how gross older men are. Like, never let, never let men be seen showering or working out and then showering or drinking something non-alcoholic so that the sweat pouring off of them doesn't smell like pure Parmesan cheese. Yeah. Number three, <laughs> and this is the most important, 
you can cause rampant, widespread coitus interruptus by calling people on the phone all the time. Nothing stops sex like a phone ringing. You could put a phone in a rabbit warren and start it ringing and that rabbit species will go extinct. No one in the universe knows how to turn off a phone. You're welcome. Nope. It's a yeah. it's a mystery. That phone. How does don't it work? It. Yeah, don't answer it. With us finally, Brian, he loves his summers at the lake shooting boats. Ibit. Oh, I do. Boats. <laughs> Wasn't it a boat? Didn't he shoot a boat? Mm-hmm. Oh, he did yeah, shoot, he a, shoot little, a, boat. a little toy boat. And yeah. then some geese. Yeah. We have a piece yeah. of trivia about that later. Mm. Geese or dicks. Just a second, <laughs> Sally. I'll be out of the bathroom in a minute. Okay, Pam. It's the first day of the rest of your life. Even though you've been working at the bank for four months, this is the day that people are really going to take notice. When I walk in the doors of Southwest Savings this morning, I'm going to be a new person. I mean, I've lost 30 pounds since I moved here, and it's time to show off the new me. Hey, Sally, I'm running a little bit late. Could you just leash the dog in the middle of the living room for me? Thanks. No more just keeping my head down and opening new accounts for people. I'm going to take the time to get to know them. I'm going to find something that we have in common, and I'll open a conversation with them about it. Maybe all those years studying the public school system of the greater metropolitan area of Minneapolis will finally pay off. Seriously, I know so much about that city's high schools, it could make your head spin. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> or dog. Yeah. What, a, what yeah. an interesting little blip of a character. Yes. Well, yeah. oh, Pam. I remember being so shocked by that when I saw it in theaters. Yeah. <gasps> but, but broke both Pam. their necks. I love not, Pam. Not Pam. Yeah. When you saw what in theaters? When I, when I saw the film In the Line of Fire. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is a uh, movie by Wolfgang Peterson, uh, directed by him, rather. And uh, Clint Eastwood, John Malkovich, Rene Russo are your big stars. There's a whole ton of other people. We'll get to all that in a second. Ooh, but, uh, man, yeah. It's uh, it's quite the list, and they're what's character for, actor Palooza, big time, yeah. and a lot of them. I would say I don't know, sixty percent of them. It felt like are all in other uh, Washington government president movie TV shows. Like yeah. so there's people popping Thanks up. Thanks a in, lot, like, Wolfgang Peterson. Yeah, Air Force One. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Well, that's one thing. But then you know, these actors like Fred Thompson, famously, and anything I, you ever need government people in, there's Fred right. Thompson, and actually you. even worked for the government. Yeah, and they need yeah. to be. Yeah. They yeah. need to be um, oppressive Southerners in high federal offices. Yeah, quite that's often. A real deal. For yeah, them. usually they're like, listen, I don't know about this, but I do know. <laughs> <laughs> that's a Fred, really good. Fred it, it was a pretty good. Fred, I'll tell you, I didn't, yeah. I didn't realize how much those roles had made me dislike Fred Thompson. Right. Mm. Until mm. I was watching this movie, and I'm just like. I hate that guy. I kind of like him. I kind of like him. To me, he's a character. I hate the character. No, no, no. I know know what you mean. But that characterization that he does, which he does kind of across the board, almost every role he ever did, including his law and order time is basically that same character. But um, there's something about it. I don't know what it is. It's like having mashed potatoes with your chicken. It's a perfect little combo when you're doing like intrigue white house shit. Yeah, he's definitely comfort food. I mean, my favorite role is when he was FBI agent Dale Grissom in a uh, baby's day out. But this is a <laughs> close up. second. Shut up. Is that real? Is he really in that? 
Yeah, yeah. Is he really? I mean, I think the question is, you really saw that? <laughs> you did? Didn't yeah. you? Forget about there whether was that was time movie. when we watched no, all baby movies. It's no. like, oh, there's a baby in this movie. No. We got to see it. There was I, never I a time. My with, uh, I learned my lesson with Look Who's Talking, and I but it was, stopped it was there. A, right? mm. It was a John Hughes written film. Right? You at least have to see Was it? See I didn't right? know that. You can at least see uh, that one. I, I mean, know. you can skip a lot of other ones. but He kind of lost his way for a little bit. Yeah. But but Joey Pants and and Man, you know, and uh, Laura Flynn Boyle. I mean, wasn't it? Isn't it baby. basically? I don't I haven't seen it, but isn't it basically Home Alone with a baby? <laughs> baby in the city. In the city, right? But he's got like burglars chasing him or something. Or... Yeah, it's more like it's more like uh, Adventures in Babysitting, maybe kind of like in, in that area, but without the babysitter. Mm. So yeah. So wait, is the baby just rogue, like in a basket flying around town, just not not? Yeah, baby? every cartoon you ever yeah. seen where you know uh, uh, you got to take care of a baby and it's constantly getting in trouble and yeah. you can't I'm stop sure it. Yeah, at it just some crawls point, into the stuff. stroller uh, rolls, you know, the baby in it onto a bus <laughs> or uh, right. uh, like up, up a ramp. Oh, it's probably up a uh, up a uh, a ramp like where the um, new cars come off of the new right. car vehicle. Oh, <laughs> right. the baby goes up there. Yeah, you can see this is the kind of movie you can design with your eyes closed on a on a weird Saturday night. You can just make it up yeah, in your own exactly. head. Yeah. Uh, we maybe we'll do that one day. But today it's we do stars. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, thank goodness, oh. a thing I don't have. So oh darn. Yeah, yeah, it's a shame. It says I can't get it in my area. I don't know why that is, but that's where I'll leave it. Um, <laughs> in the line of fire. This is a movie that came out in nineteen ninety. Three. I almost said three. Ninety-four or six, three. but three. It says ninety-three. It says ninety-three, but I don't know. If it that's says ninety-three. True. Yeah, it's ninety-three. So we're talking Jurassic Park here, and uh, that's important because there's some really cheesy special effects in the middle. They spent too much money on, but we'll get to that in a second. Well, and and, uh, and it's. Really, it, I feel like it's important for Clint Eastwood this movie because um, before this, uh, you know, he had just he had just been an Unforgiven, and that was like the mm-hmm. return of Clint Eastwood, the big. The big uh, turnaround from his string of badly rated movies, mm. like he had, he uh, starting uh, with Firefox in the eighties, he uh, he made a couple of uh, Dirty Harry sequels that everybody yes. disliked. Uh, not and, all of them. And he got he just got <laughs> absolutely panned for the movies Pink Cadillac and The Rookie, mm. and it was like, oh, I guess Clint Eastwood's done. And then he makes Unforgiven. And he's back. He's sitting at the Oscars, right? In the in right because you get um, there's nominations and stuff. Yeah, and and so like this is this is a okay. Is that is that Clint Eastwood going to show up, or are we going back to you know Pink Cadillac? And I mean, you literally <laughs> he literally went from the rookie, which was panned by everybody and their dog, to Unforgiven, which he directed starred in and that yeah. thing won and not just nominations as you mentioned that thing won best picture that year that was a big big yeah. deal and from then forward it was like all right well here comes you know here comes you know the the clint eastwood we're going to know as like director auteur right. whatever yeah. and he started to make things like well in the line of fire he didn't direct but i think it's the last it, it, time he started in like a thing him. that he didn't um yeah it I, felt I, like him i think he had i think he had a big influence on this because it felt like he was starting to take control of the movies. Right. He's, he's at this point, he's now like mid sixties, 62 to be exact. He comes out of this and is like, he starts, he starts directing, you know, uh, 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 perfect world. And then, Mm. and then it just boom, 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 boom. It's like every movie that he's making, he's directing it. He's, you know, he's got all of his money on the line and they all get 
really well received like for a long mm-hmm. up until like only maybe three or four years ago these are all award-winning films yeah i don't think know, it's right? been bad i don't think his directorship has been too questioned until this cry macho business that came out nobody liked last year the, the mule was was pretty forgettable it was oh, like right like everybody was like yeah, there you go <laughs> everybody was like oh wow clint eastwood's still alive and mm-hmm. okay well let's watch the mule and then it was like oh okay hey, there there was no reason to make this movie I Grand Torino was the top for me whenever yes. I saw it. I can't yeah. I don't know. Has it held up to two thousand eight? Yes. I'll have to go yeah, back just, and watch. I, I just watched it recently. Yeah. Uh Grand Torino is fantastic. And it, it's because he, he's a very, very generous director. He lets the other actors steal the movie. Like they they, yeah. they carry the movie. Uh, you know, that's what I think that's what made Million Dollar Baby so uh, you know, so well received is that it's, it's almost not about him at all. Like he's in yeah. it, mm-hmm. but it's really about Morgan Freeman and, uh, the next karate kid. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I have, I haven't seen, Hillary Swank. yeah, Hillary Swank. I haven't seen, uh, Gran Torino or million dollar baby. And it's embarrassing. Cause I know those oh, are like, it's considered- not embarrassing. Oh, you really? are in for a treat though. You should yeah. totally watch those, but go ahead and take your antidepressants before you watch million dollar baby. Mm-hmm. But Grand Trino, you should be fine. I watched oh, Grand Trino, yeah. I yeah. watched Space Cowboys. That was a that was fun. Yeah, we, sacked, we sacked it. Yeah. Did we? No. We didn't know we haven't sacked that yet. No. No, it just feels like I have not seen Clint Eastwood in space. No, we haven't done that I yet. We should do that. I would have bet money we sacked. <laughs> I have right. never seen I've We've never seen that about film. It. So we, we should see it. it it's got lot. James Garner in it, and that's all you need. He's amazing in it. It's got um, William Devane in it. That's what I need. We did see blood work though, didn't we? I think we saw blood work. Nope. No. Welcome to the blood work. Are we? Are you sure yeah, we didn't yeah. see blood work? Gosh dang it! Nope. We, we did not no, suck that movie. Definitely right. didn't see. Blood well, work. I have seen that, but it's. I have a weird spotty record with him, and I don't know what my deal is. I, I feel like I've. That is. That is. Have we seen like, other than the first one? Have we seen any of the uh, Dirty Harry? We talked about watching the Deadpool a bunch of times. Do we ever finally get to we it? Should, I really yeah. want to go yeah. back to do Deadpool. That was no, a I'll later. T- I'll, let me just tell you which Clint Eastwood movies we've. Sacked. Okay, let's do that. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Why don't you just tell me the Clint Eastwood movie? In in order, we sacked Dirty Harry. We sacked uh-huh. Escape from Alcatraz. Yeah. Okay. Yes, right. Every Which Way But Loose, which I don't remember nice. even seeing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. We sacked, there's well, we a, sacked there's Firefox. There's in that. We sacked Fire- Firefox, which was Did garbage. we do Firefox? Definitely remember Firefox, yeah. 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 And, there's uh, no way. It. We did. We, we, I haven't opened the DVD. Is, <laughs> how, do I, how do we do that? We have now sacked only five Clint Eastwood movies. And the fact is... Um, I think the I think our conclusion around Clint Eastwood is sometimes he's in really bad movies. Like some, he makes he makes some of the best. Like I would say, Million Dollar Baby is a top one hundred movie of all time. Yeah, but yeah, sometimes, sometimes, man, he's just in a bad movie, and that's why we watched this. We watched this to find out is that was this actually garbage? And I came away. I'm not sure. I mean, it's good. Yeah. Like there's yeah. a lot in this movie that I find really good, but at the same, it's time, strong. Mm. I was like, I was wincing at parts of this movie. Yeah. How old is yeah. he now? Born it, it's, in 30? It's hard. And I think it's, he, it's one of the reasons why I was wincing is because I couldn't tell if his male chauvinism was uh, tongue in cheek going, ha ha, jokes on me, or, <laughs> or if it was just really still existing. He's a sexist bastard. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, I'm, and, a little, and, I'm still kind of torn. You can't tell if the director and producers are in on it. Like, because yeah, right. it, like, it really feels at times like, oh, this is just 1992 when they're making the movie, and they just think that's funny. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, there's a story in there. He's a pretty progressive guy, though. I mean, most of the time. 
Sometimes. Right. I mean, he's especially he, later, especially he, into right. the 2000s. He, he's a very progressive filmmaker. Yeah. But right. like, you just can't tell watching this movie now, 20, 30 years later. You just can't tell. It's, I, I don't know. I spent the whole movie wondering, wondering, is this, is this, does this movie? Am I supposed these? to laugh at this? Or am <laughs> I supposed to feel uncomfortable? I kind of just want to watch <laughs> for Unforgiven, to be honest. All of this just makes me oh, yeah. really want to watch this grandpa buy ice cream for his, <laughs> his uh, daughter on the Capitol steps. Is this, yeah, it was Clint Eastwood's real life daughter is older than Renee. Yeah. Renee. It was, yeah, it's a twenty-four. Like you said, it was a twenty-four year age difference. I had to look it up too because sometimes because Russo she plays a little older in she most does. movies, mm-hmm. and Clint Eastwood still looks good here physically. Yeah, he he's looks, playing. You know, he's playing fifty, fifty, fifty-one yeah. is what he's playing. He's sixty-two and they're filming. Yeah, I, I don't. She's, I mean, she's I, thirty-eight when they're filming. Yeah, she. Yeah. Uh, I'm. I'm just gonna okay. say it may have held up then better because maybe fifty-year-olds look like Clint Eastwood at sixty-two. That isn't true anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but and here's the thing. I, I here's know. the thing that I never noticed then, but I notice now. And that is Rene Russo's character, her character is named Reigns, right. is surrounded by contemporaries at work. She's yeah. not not only is Gary Cole about her age, she could be jumping on Dylan McDermott guys. Yeah. What yeah. the yeah, hell? Yeah, right? That's the guy she go you go for. I guess he was married and had kids. But uh, it says here that uh, Renee Russo is six days younger than Clint Eastwood's daughter, Laura. So that's mm, like wow. nice. <laughs> it's weird, it's man. It's yeah. freaking weird. Because he was, I mean, this isn't just like a weird old fashioned Hollywood kiss. Those guys were macking. That was like hardcore oh, yeah. for a minute. Yeah. And this was, and, and, and it was also, uh, he was portrayed as very lonely. Mm-hmm. And so you have all of those typical, <laughs> all of those typical script moments where you try to explain that, right? You try to right. like, try to like yeah. delve into it a little bit because yeah. it makes a character interesting like yeah. how does he manage being so lonely yeah right? and, lonely yeah. he sits because he sits on the steps and eats the eats the uh the frozen <laughs> yeah. yogurt and literally only <laughs> has like mm-hmm. yeah literally only has like one dimension to his uh his character it's like and i like jazz albums that was it mm-hmm. and i was like <laughs> and play okay. the piano yeah and play the piano yeah that's with his deal his back to the window yeah that is, you know, that's uh, that's bad direction, right? Because it's basically saying, all right, well, we need something more for this character. Uh, you play piano? How about he plays piano? Is that good? Is that enough for is everybody? You think does you that, got does that? that work yeah. for everybody? It, it feels like it's like slapped on I, the end. You know, but I liked it because even though I, okay, so there's something going on in this movie that I really, really enjoyed. And that's, they don't, they don't, they don't deliver anything to you. They don't hand deliver anything. Okay, so we know. This is what he said that Clint Eastwood's character uh, had a drinking problem at one point in time, but he still needs to go to the bar. But he's found another vice. He plays the piano so that he's not over there drinking at the bar. So right. there's these real subtle things that are going on that I really appreciated I mean, in this. Movie. I didn't. I didn't pick up on that because there are two different shots of him entering his apartment by himself and picking up a bottle of tequila mm. and walking it over to right, right. where he's yeah. going to sit down. And so like, I, it never occurred to me that he isn't just an alcoholic right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. He, he's, he's got, yeah. he's got demons, but he, I like how they played it. Cause he's got demons, but he's of that old school and he never, they never approach it. They never say, Oh, you know, he's devastated because his partner got killed. No, he's still you know, kicking he, himself because of the Kennedy thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, and but you know, they just keep it on the surface, but it actually really works because that's how that generation would be. Yeah, and so I, I, I like they, that. They part. do like to hold that stuff close to the chest. They don't, they don't wear their emotions on their sleeves. Like he played that part pretty well, I thought. And that, and you know, he's yeah. he's of an age that you know he is kind of he is one of them. 
And so oh. I felt like he he expressed that pretty well. And I also, this is the part I like the most about the movie. And it still holds up for me. The juxtaposition of him and John Malkovich, I think, is pretty great. Yeah. And part of that is because Amazing. John Malkovich is a complete psycho in this. And he's just the right kind of opposite of this Clint Eastwood character knows how to get under his skin. And then eventually yeah. Clint Eastwood gets under his skin and it just creates like the perfect, uh, yeah. very, antagonism. I love that. Malko- Malkovich is very uh, emotional and, you know, it's in flowery with his words. And then Clint Eastwood is just blunt and straight to the point. And by the way, I, I, I every time I, why I'm like I, I forget it's Malkovich. I always feel as like Joaquin I, Phoenix or somebody. I'm like, it's, but I'm like I that's mean, not the right time period. Mm. I agree. I agree with you, especially seeing the movie when I saw it. Like when I, you know, like I was so much younger and had not seen a lot of great movies, right? And I, I agree with you totally. Right now, though, there were multiple times watching this movie where I thought Malkovich sounds a little bit like. Moira from Schitt's Creek. Right. He sounds, it doesn't seem like Malkovich, but it is. Huh. He does a good job. Yeah, I think he did great. I, I think he, you know, he and uh, Walken were your go to guys in yeah. the, the 90s for this kind of role. And yeah. somebody's a little I bit confused. Off. I need him to talk on the phone and sound menacing talking on yeah. the phone. <laughs> but before before I started watching this, and I'd seen this before, and I and a lot of the things that I remember from this film or thought I remembered from this film were in Nick of Time, which we did watch as the Johnny Depp. Um, yeah. uh, time travel. Real time. No, there's no time travel. He just Is it, did it real Groundhog? Time. Oh, okay. No, huh? No, he's. <laughs> it, but it takes place in real time. Like there's, you know, the clocks are all. Uh, in real time with the the viewer, I so thought, it was like I thought he was like uh, I thought he was seeing things and how it was going to go, and then walk through it. I forget Nick of Time gimmick was no. Weird now you're thinking of uh, the Dead Zone. <laughs> oh, okay, that does okay. sound now like I'm Dead up Zone. To date. Yeah, that sounds like Dead Zone. <laughs> By the way, I think you guys are all ascribing uh, the wrong decade to Joaquin Phoenix and his strange characters. That was like oh no mid- no I I said I said earlier that no it'd been too early for him. Yeah, very yeah. too early. He was definitely yeah, not well, 90s. Yeah. He was all mid 2000s guy. But but yeah, same same kind of vibe. And there's just I don't know. There's something about crazy Malkovich man. Just something yeah. there. Oh, it's great. It's, it's, yeah. just, like, it's whole delivery of like, I'm going to talk really slow and then I'm going to build up. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which is, which is like, I, I mean, you can't watch th- this kind of performance by him and not think about Con Air. Con Air is just yeah, his, right. the peak of, of Malkovich's menace, right? Oh, I loved him in that. Yeah. yeah. I, I my keep... daddy is coming home from jail today. I'm <laughs> finally going to get to see my daddy today. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the was fantastic. And, you know, we uh, not too too long ago we sacked being John Malkovich, and uh, I, I it just got it got me thinking like this guy's actually like a very highly regarded actor. Like we're yeah. we're over here yeah. what we're over here making fun of him and the Man in the Iron Mask, right? And yeah. but meanwhile, meanwhile, like he's a like this is a, this is a person who gets to you know who gets offered roles, <laughs> you know, like yeah. he doesn't have uh-huh. to go. Uh, you'd have to go audition for this role, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he He's perfect for it. I just loved his his whole thing. I think that's what sold me on the movie back when I first saw it, and it's still that part still holds up. Um, there are other parts that I'm not so sure about. Like, overall pacings maybe a little off in this thing, and my memory of it was, no, nah, it's nonstop yeah. knuck, white knuckle action sort of thing. But it felt... Yeah, two hours of listening to John Malkovich on the phone, it starts to get... I didn't need one more... 
crazy it's moment a, for it's him. It's just weird pacing. Like you, yeah. the ones that the the, the scenes that stick out are like your your gun deep throat thing you were talking about earlier. That sticks out, <laughs> which apparently was a. Gun, I'm like, it's bad enough that he puts it in his mouth and he like swishes it around. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> oh, you can hear it hitting his teeth and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Did you mention that that was improv? Yeah, it's, was, or I don't uh, think we did yet, oh, but it's yeah. He he came up with that on the set, and director was yeah. like, "Yeah, keep that." And I'm like, "Dude, yeah. I'm Malkovich. Maybe <laughs> go get some get therapy." Why don't you keep that? Keep doing that. Yeah. <laughs> is he a German guy? I don't even know. Not only is Peterson German. Uh, this is one of his first films that he uh, directed in, in in English, like where where he worked with the actors speaking English. He uh, in in previous movies, all these first like ten movies or so, mm. he was he was speaking German to the the actors he was directing. Yeah, the, I, fir- uh, the first one I saw, I think he did English was Enemy Mine. Yeah, Enemy oh, Mine yeah. in '85, and then from then forward, it was all. Mostly he's American stuff up through Troy and then, I don't know, Poseidon. And now he's back to something in 2016 called Veer die Bank. We, we did not sack Enemy Mine. <laughs> we sacked it. Shut up, Randy. I thought Keep we did. It. Did we not do it? Well, it's we not totally in the sacked Wolfgang, it. But then Wolfgang Peterson didn't direct it. One or the other. Because it's, it's not in the list. Well, he definitely directed it. Um, so uh, that's weird. I swear we did yeah. that one too. This yeah, is yeah. A, only. This maybe is we the, just watched the uh, Star Trek episode. <laughs> maybe we sacked the Star Trek episode that's based on it. This is only our second Wolfgang Peterson directed movie after uh, Air Force One, and I'm shocked at that because his list is shocked, perfect. I say. Yeah, um, shocked. We've have, seen that. I, uh, speaking of speaking of, I would. I just want to first. I want to hit on a note that I wrote down here. I just want you to know later in this episode. I am going to absolutely murder a legend. There is a there is a <sighs> filmmaking legend that I absolutely hated in this movie. We'll talk about it later. Wow. But, but before then, like you just right now, yeah, right now right. I want to ask it, you. I want to ask it, you. Is it round team? Just wait a second. <laughs> first, I want to ask you. Would you believe me if I told you this is the first time in twelve years of film sack that we have seen Gary Cole in a movie? Oh come oh, on, really? That's a lie. Stop. We watch He's in every movie we've watched. Ever. How is that nope. true? That's crazy. That is, yeah. yeah. He's yeah. in so many things huh. that we okay. So he's another good example. We've never done Office Space. We've never done the Brady Bunch movies. I'm trying to think of like I can only think of his comedic roles more than his his serious ones. Yeah, yeah. I think of Veep lately because he's great in Veep. Oh yeah, he's great in Veep. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's another one where oh, it's animated though. Yeah, you're. I guess you're right. There's. I mean, I know you're right because the numbers show it here. But he's he's not in anything. That's crazy. How have we not mm-hmm. seen Gary Cole? You know what it is? A lot of recommendals may have had Gary Cole in them or something. Because we've talked about Gary Cole for sure with some of us or something like more recently, maybe even. And I think he was he in the West Wing. Yeah, he's a lot of TV guy. Yeah, well, I mean that guy's great. He's, I think he's, he's a lot of TV guy. He's he, a lot of TV guy. He's sort of not super used in this though. He's all he's all right. No, I can never figure out if he's mad or not. I'm like, oh, he's mad now. No, he's not. He's not. Yeah, That's toward it. the end, he's like, oh, you get out of here. You've been fired. Give me the manifest. Okay, give him the manifest. Okay. <laughs> it's a perfect little <laughs> okay. role for him. It's a perfect little role for him because he has to play he has to play the second in command to John Mahoney, who is also too old for this shit. Clint Eastwood is the yeah. trope of too old for this shit. Yeah. John Mahoney is John Mahoney is maybe a little older than for this shit than Clint Eastwood somehow. Yeah. And he's like the director of things, but he's so old. Like the, the movie portrays him as so old that he's not even involved in stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. And right. Gary Cole is really kind of running the department. 
Yeah. And I just find, I find that really, I, I like, I wish they did put a little more into that part of the movie because like Gary Cole is a good 30 years younger than John Mahoney. And like how interesting that would have been that dynamic. You know? yeah. yeah. We may as well give Mahoney his moment here. Screw it, nah. That's him from a uh, yep, previous yeah. film, but well, uh, they had a yeah. cut. They had a cut just one phone tracing scene with, uh, with Ovaltine, that would have probably given us enough to do a lot more things. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But, By the way, you probably all thought the gun in the mouth would be the thing I thought was the grossest thing. Oh, uh, I would have thought that. Yeah, yes. Nick, it, it was. It's pretty damn close. But then I think, well, it's a prop. It's on set. Hopefully, it's cleanish. And who knows? Since it was in, was it Dylan McDermott's sweat in his Ziploc bag? No, it's it? we're, it's close <laughs> though. There's a scene where where he's got the flu and he's on the plane on the way back oh, from the yeah, false yeah. alarm God. event and he's she gets all close up to him and he's just got a big old bug hanging. He's got a big yeah. wet yeah. She, she covers really? Yeah. R- Russo's got him covered. She, she covers. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, that's yeah, too and, and her going, oh you got look, you got the sniffles there and I'm thinking you're going to do it with this guy later. What are we doing? You guys are grossing <laughs> me out. That was what that was what got me talking about the portrayal of an older man. Like it, the movie, like no one when they're sick actually looks this bad, except apparently <laughs> older men. Like somehow, no. when, when you become an old man, you you just start leaking, right? And he had the he had the freaking he admitted to having the flu, and he's like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, "Go home, man! You're gonna mm. you're gonna kill everybody with your yeah. flu germs." Yeah, he was he was he was super. <laughs> That's the other thing is. Would you 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 would have enough backup that you would have somebody sub in for him, or maybe he's too yeah. crusty and pissed to let to let you sub him in? I, I don't know. That was the idea, yeah. I guess. Is he? I'm working. Damn it! I'll work no matter how right. bad I feel. Right. And, mm-hmm. and he, I'll rest when I'm dead. He had some great lines as a crusty old bitch factory. <laughs> <laughs> bitch factory. <laughs> and I recorded him because they're great. But uh, but yeah, like I, I guess uh, back to the pacing. I don't know why I thought it was just nonstop before in the way that, say, yeah. uh, Air Force it, One is kind of nonstop. This is yeah. this is stop it's, and go and stop and go in a way. It's that like I a forgot. it's like a simmer the whole time. It's, mm-hmm. It never gets super hot. It's just, you know, it's, it's warm mm-hmm. the whole time. Yeah. Now, when they opinion. showed they showed him inserted into video, old Kennedy video. Yeah. Um, I remember at the time going, that's awesome. That looks real. Like it they was really awesome did then. It. We, we hadn't really done that that often. Looks like shit now. Looks like yeah. shit. Yeah. Four million dollars that cost, by the way, to put to do that effect. Uh, which, according to which, this. like you, you the, the key is him uh, out in the street in Dallas. That mm. key photo. Mm. And I'm just like, I didn't even think it looked like Eastwood. Like, didn't they have? It's him, but it's like uh, Dirty Harry Eastwood, right? They should have had lots of pictures of Clint Eastwood to work with, right? (laughs) (laughs) You would think. Oh, the one where he's standing with the circle around him. He definitely, he looked like Hank Hill to me. I put that in our chat. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, I love that. That was a great call. He looks like Hank Hill, that high and tight. Yeah, just a weird. Yeah, like he's about to go, Bobby, Mm -hmm. clean up the damn yard. (laughs) Oh, I'm at Bobby. Bobby, uh, it's fine. The special effect that really took me out of the film was uh, the Denver stuff, which, you know, that oh, was really yeah. the city and Makes county sense. park in, in, in Denver. But you're looking at how fuzzy the crowd is and how clear uh, yeah. the president is standing at yeah. his little podium talking to him. <laughs> and then they have, oh, wow. they have so many bad process shots in this movie. Yeah. And I, I yeah. guarantee I didn't recognize that 30 years ago. But now I'm like... Oh, look at Clint Eastwood standing on a soundstage with a big projected image of a Bill Clinton rally behind him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's exactly what yeah. it was. But or the one where he did the uh, uh, Malkovich is going, woo, woo, in the crowd. Yeah. He's in front yeah. of a uh-huh. damn green screen for that. That looks terrible. Yeah. Yeah. He was going, woo, woo. Yeah. Yeah. It, really was, it, was, it really was killing woo. me. 
If they would have, if if they would have shot that in an actual crowd, you would have seen more of that crowd. It wouldn't have been so tight on yeah. John Malkovich. Right, yeah. right. They, you know what? This is ninety three. They hadn't even seen what we were doing with Jurassic Park yet when they were making this film. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. I'm gonna cut them some slack and say this was pretty good. No, it's thought, one of my favorite things taking. on the planet. Is other movies yeah. in two thousand or nineteen ninety three? I love some something yeah. about that cracks me up because. They all are making their movies at the we same time, and little did they right. know, ILM and all these people over there on the Spielberg set were about to change film forever, but everyone yeah. else is just kind of doo-ba-doo, making our movies, and it looks okay, and it's we're fine, and it's what people movie. are used to, and uh, that was all going to change so hard after that movie yeah, came yeah. out. Yeah. I love that. Not that you know a movie like this needs... <laughs> it's not like this <laughs> is a big... Dinosaur level special effects. Yeah, exactly, but yeah. you know, a little here and suspend, there. Yeah. We just need a little suspension. That's all we needed. I, you know I what? At the like time, at the time, fine. I thought that plastic gun was complete and utter horseshit. But people can three D print guns now, no problem. It's like a piece yeah, of oh, game. it was yeah. such a yeah. big. Uh, you don't hear so much about it now, but boy, when somebody put those plans online, those STL files online, there was such that a big worked. that actually worked. Yeah, and it looked yeah. just like that that whole setup, right? With two yeah. plungers, some some springs. I mean, yeah. hey, look, uh, uh, Christopher Lee did it years and years and years ago for a man with the golden gun with it was like a yeah. a pen a cigarette lighter a uh <laughs> oh my gosh yeah. i don't remember that at all it was yeah. a uh, yeah, yeah. he assembled a fake or it was because it was still fake, plastic yeah, or it whatever. Like, it was all little plastic it was well it was all gold right or golden oh, pieces right. oh that was the golden was, gun <laughs> yeah it's right there in the name, but uh, but it was like a, a a pen or a gun that he could smuggle through security because it came apart right. into recognizable things. And, oh, okay, uh, right, right, right. Did he keep? And, a, you know, this did, is early, yeah. and this is early on for the internet too. We were they, they were actually doing marketing for this on the internet as well. So mm-hmm. it was a it was a odd time for us. We were transitioning in some weird. Yeah, places. we were uh, te- yeah. in a we were definitely in a technological transition and you know the yeah. internet as we would know it the web anyway was still a year away in in a, in, in actual effectiveness. So trying right. to do that kind of stuff early like that was kind of weird. <laughs> but um, that that magazine sucked ass. I'm just going to say that future magazine oh my God. of future cars Oh, really yeah, bad. The, uh, yeah. the modeling yeah. magazine. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, hey, I can do desktop I, publishing. Let me do it. I'll do it. <laughs> I, terrible magazine. I also, I also like the conceit on the, on the page here, which is that this guy, you know, this crazy man who wants to murder the president and needs to figure out how to build a, a, a handgun that won't be detected by a metal detector is going to ingratiate himself with the modeling community that yeah. that yeah. special you know really really <laughs> smart and close modeling community yeah. is where he's going to go instead of like i don't know maybe the firearms community which is also plenty anti-government i don't know it was just yeah you know, the firearms weird. community that he bumped into at the ponds certainly yeah. seemed enamored with his uh, plastic <laughs> yeah. oh Those they were guys, into it guys were terrible they were terrible <laughs> <laughs> what you got there you got it good <laughs> <laughs> well i'll be that's just great that is great <laughs> those guys sucked they sucked gotta, i'm glad they died tri- there's, a, there's a little great piece of trivia there um about the boat that yeah. he shoots so yeah. um uh, Malkovich, he's out there testing his pistol out in the woods. I love it that you just go out Plastic in the woods. And there's a, there's yeah. a lake and you're by yourself. That's a that's a trope right, mm-hmm. right there. But yeah. um, anyway, the boat out out in the water is uh, chosen to look a bit like a yacht, and right. it's got the name Christina on it. 
And Christina was the name of Aristotle Onassis' yacht. Oh, my. That's yeah. a deep cut. Clever, wow. Clever girl. Yeah, clever yeah. girl. <laughs> that was their version of Jurassic Park that year. Clever girl. Yeah. So hold on a second. That was his, but he did it, right? He made the boat or got the boat, put it out there, and then shot it. He wasn't shooting somebody else's boat. Yeah, no. right. So, no, I like so that it, trivia better. It ties you back to the high tech modeling aspect of what he's oh, doing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's, probably made it. He's, yeah. he's, he's not just about making guns, he's also making little model like cars and boats that he can Oh, send I don't off know. I mean, I think that's an easy enough them. boat to just go to the to- you know, Toys R Us back then and I buy. I know, I know. This movie, like, re- it just doesn't understand how some things work. Yeah. Also, I, I don't, um, I never really got, I guess this is the. We're not supposed to ask this question, but I have logistical questions about how that dude hopped around and always had what he needed in every little place he went to, even though he was always running yeah. from from freaking Kenny Banya's phone, phone taps. So, so the right. deal is the deal is he's a former CIA guy, right? Yeah, right. And and you're supposed to infer that when he decided to just escape, he just runs from the CIA and and starts you know living a life in disguise. That he took a ton of cash with him that right, like, he, right. he he the cia had seized a pallet of cash and that he took it and he has been laundering it and, and you know okay. starting all of so these all of IPs these little places are like his little safe houses that he set up knowing that if he got traced if kenny banya found him in one place he could just hop up and move to the right. next one because he's, to the he's next. got a, he's got a pan in, in every port yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> all right so speaking of kenny banya let's get this out of the way guy that plays kenny banya on uh on Seinfeld is in this and he's the phone tapper guy. And it just threw yeah. me the whole time. I kept wanting to go gold, Jerry gold and say yeah, other I, dumb things. I, I couldn't take him serious. I just couldn't. He's ruined himself. Yeah. I, I just couldn't. No, he has such an epic, awful character on Seinfeld that I can't see him in other stuff and not just go, Oh, Kenny, this is freaking Kenny. Oh, yeah. Kenny. It's not a meal, Jerry. It's not a meal. It's just a salad. <laughs> like I just can hear him. Give me the suit back. Give me the suit. Anyway, yeah. just watched that episode last night. <laughs> Did you? Uh, I did. Yeah. Oh, that was, that was best with you. <laughs> just happened to be. I just happened to be on. But uh, but yeah, that was the one where he's he gave him the Armani suit for dinner, and then Jerry. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Jerry. It's Jerry's like, you gotta. It's not a meal. You can't have a salad. It's not a meal. Uh, it's such a good episode. So anyway, we're talking. Yeah, we're talking about. Uh, gosh, what's his name? Um, Steve Heitner. Uh, Steve Heitner actually like. I'm. I'm like, what is he doing in this tiny, tiny role? Mm-hmm. Like. He's, you know, because it seems like he's been in some things, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's been around. No. He he's does it, lots of character this. actor stuff all the time, right? Like, let's see. He's right. uh, recently even, like, um, he's in that 10-year-old Tom uh, animated show I recommended one one Wednesday on TMS. He's in uh, Silicon Valley, Goldbergs, like, tons Gilbert. of comedy things, that mayor thing with... Um, yeah, what's his dancing? Dead Ted dancing. Yeah, I never saw. It. Is that any good? I haven't seen that. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I have seen it. It's really good. Is it? Okay. Really, it's really good. Okay. I mean, yeah. I, it, I can't imagine well, Ted dancing doing something bad. Like, yeah, the first couple episodes I really loved about that. Mm. Really, well, okay. Steve okay. Heitner uh, has only been on Film Sack twice before this, uh, in The Shadow and in The Prophecy Two. Ooh, incorrect. Oh, uh, three films. He was in Face Off. He was the interrogating oh. agent in Face Off. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Doesn't doesn't come up in our uh, our quick quick. Set. Wait, we did set, not set, see. Set, exactly, we saw Face Off, right? 
Yeah, yeah, no, we totally saw it because yeah, I complained the that. whole time. I don't want to watch this stupid movie, dude. Face off rules. Definitely. Don't don't talk like that here. Face stupid off. movie. You can't you don't can't train face You yeah, can't do you it. You can't do it. <laughs> uh, here's some trivia scrutiny. Scrutiny. Uh, Robert Redford was originally attached to play Frank Horrigan, but when he left the project, the role was then offered to Sir Sean Connery, who turned it down. I don't know about that. Yeah, no, maybe. Maybe this, the trivia. I'm a British Secret Service agent <laughs> hired to protect the president. I've never we done a good English or American accent in my entire yeah, career. Exactly. We haven't had this subject recently, and I just want to say it again. The trivia on this movie, man, do you believe that everyone in Hollywood was at some point attached to this movie? <laughs> right. Yeah. The, tri- the trivia, just like name name a person. They uh, were Robert they De Niro. Were he's in there. Yep. Right. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. either the good guy or the bad guy. In particular, those two roles went were offered to apparently everyone who fit the role and some people who absolutely didn't. So Robert De Niro, okay, according to this, Robert De Niro, Robert Duvall, and Jack Nicholson were all considered to be the John Malkovich role. I can maybe see that, but these guys are all freaking old by then. I mean, not that you need that character to be young or younger, but I don't. I just can't. I can't see like Jack Nicholson doing it. Let's let's keep yeah. going. Gene Hackman was considered for the role of Frank. Ed Harris was considered for the role of Leary. That's kind of interesting. Actually, I could see Ed Harris. Ed Harris then. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, totally. Tommy Lee Jones was considered for Frank. Val Kilmer was considered for Frank. I want to Frank? see that. That's ah, a bunch of that's horseshit. There's no way that I can one's see real. Him yeah. as Leary, but I don't think I can see him as Frank. I'm gonna keep going for the younger for the younger new agent. William Baldwin, Jeff Fahey, and Bill Pullman were considered. Jeff Fahey, Pullman. I like Jeff Fahey. Played a Lapidus on Lost. The lawnmower man. He was the lawnmower man. Yeah, and then Lapidus. We always loved that around this house. Um, That's a great because the kids the kids loved it because whenever he would come on uh, Lost, we watched it as a family. I'd go Lapidus, and all the kids would go Lapidus, Lapidus. (laughs) Anyway. And and Billy Baldwin is Billy Baldwin is the one with the the super squinty eyes, the most squinty eyes. Right, right. Yeah, so they couldn't have two people like that in this how film. Could, no. How could, be, <laughs> how could Billy Baldwin play the wide-eyed new agent? That makes right. no sense. Yeah. It would, it would look every scene would look like it is really bright in here. Right. Uh, Why do you yeah. So it's this is uh, funny because we we joke around about how. Nicole Spagnolo screws up Dylan McDermott and Dermot <laughs> sure, Dermot Mulroney. Now you're gonna do it. Now I'm doing it. At first, uh, like the very first scene, you see him driving, hurrying to get to uh, Clint Eastwood. I'm like, is that Eric McCormick? <laughs> right. But he's not. Uh, he's really not that remarkable at first. No. Like he, this movie starts, no. and I really want to. I really want to absolutely trash a, a Hollywood legend, but I'm not going to do it just yet. This movie starts wow. and. And Dylan McDermott is uh, is he's the driver in the car. He's the guy. He's talking to himself, right? And you're like, oh, okay, yeah. He's gonna pick up Clint Eastwood. That's not a that's not a bad start for a movie, right? Mm -hmm. You're getting getting to know these characters one by one. But then he's like handing over a gun. Here, you take it. You take it. And I'm like, what? What? I don't understand. What's who is this guy? The movie mm-hmm. doesn't tell you. Mm-mm. It takes. It's just, they end. Up, they end up on the boat, and it's like they, so the movie still hasn't really told you. This they is his partner. Right? The, I mean, if they partner. tell you that beforehand, then the whole thing on the boat doesn't work because you, you know, you, you think that. Uh, oh my God, Eric um, uh, McCormick almost did it again. Uh, Dylan McDermott is an FBI agent or a Secret Service agent. Oh no, and and he has to shoot him. Like, okay, but unless- you get you. 
you get what I'm saying, right? That's one way of writing that leads to all sorts of little mysteries for you, the uh, audience, to uncover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then yeah. the rest of the movie is the characters telling you as blatantly as humanly possible what they're mm-hmm. doing and why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. It's uh yeah. I, I there 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 are things in it that are a little inscrutable, and I don't remember them from my first time watching. <laughs> and that's yeah. a bu- that's a bummer because I okay so. Overall, I really enjoyed this watch through. Do I think it's as, and I've been kind of poking a bit about this since he watched it, um, but now we can say because we saw it. <laughs> I, I did. did does it hold up in the way I thought? Not exactly. You know, no. like it's still it's fine. A little, it's, little too, a little too long. It yeah, holds, too you know slow. What, what holds it up? It's it's tent like it's tent poles, right? It's the scene with Clint Eastwood on the roof or on the side of the hanging on the side of the building, and Malkovich, his head comes over with the gun, like oh, oh crap! Oh, that, that shot! Oh wow! Yeah, uh, um, you know, and it's things like that, but it's the stuff in the middle that just kind of sags and feels. There's there's really no reason for him to have the relationship with Rene Russo. There's no. There's no yeah. reason for for the film to go there. No, the, the whole yeah. sequence out in the street where the president's uh, in a motorcade and mm-hmm. Clint Eastwood is trying to oh, try struggling to, to breathe. Yeah, yeah try to demonstrate that he still got it. Yeah. Um, that just felt like so, it was so it was a bombastic sequence. It was it was big and it felt mm-hmm. expensive, like mm-hmm. expensive to make. Mm-hmm. And I just I I, re- I remember that. I remember it all the way. Like you could have asked me ten years ago or fifteen years ago, and I would have said that's that scene, man. That's awesome. Wouldn't you have rather? Wouldn't you to to Ibbett's point? Wouldn't you have rather had her character be um, more like a granddaughter type care for him? Like I don't mean like oh the poor old man, but I mean like you know, care for him in more of a, wow, I really respect this old guy, such a different generation. I've got his back. He wants to do the right thing. We could use more of that. You know what I mean? Like I'd rather have that than, Hey, we're eating yogurt together and let's kick, let's, let's kick off all our clothes. Like the, the problem with this movie is the sexism combined with the fact that there was not a woman within a mile of the script. Like yeah, that is right. the problem with the movie. What is Rene yeah, Russo's that's the big, problem? But Rene yes. Russo, well, that's one of them. What is Rene Russo's big uh, thing. What's your? What's she most known for? Well, she was in Thor Lethal recently. Weapon. Yeah, Lethal Weapon probably was her big thing. Thomas Crown Affair was big for her. Yeah. Oh yeah, Ransom. I forgot about that. Nightcrawler. But, um, she's in a bunch of stuff. She was always yeah. playing this kind of role. I mean, she was. So. She's yeah. Thor's mom. That's right. Yeah, you know, we mom. saw her in uh, in Endgame. Yeah, it's you know, the last me, thing she did for was Endgame. For me, Rene Rene Russo will always be the love interest in Major League. Like that's just okay. I, mm-hmm. I, I can't help you. myself. That's can that's that. my Rene Russo right there. Her her uh, her acting credits are not enormous. She's been in twenty nine things, all of which I think are movies. No TV. Let me just double check that. Uh, yeah, I know there was. She started with a TV series called Sable, which I don't know what that is, and then nothing but movies, and then nothing since twenty nineteen. I hope she's oh doing God. all right. You know, I'm sure she's fine. She's I'm afraid. sure she's living on some uh, in the line of fire money. Yeah. But yeah. By the way, she, uh, I, mean, I hope she's living on Thomas Crown affair money. Um, right. That was the that was the one where I, oh, I, yeah. I, I made to understand that she asked for extra money to get naked. Did we ever? Uh, we didn't do that. Did we? We haven't. And that, that seems like it would be a good one for us because it's a remake. It's uh, it was high profile, but it wasn't it wasn't well super received. successful. Yeah. Right. Was it a Oh, I didn't know it was a remake. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah. Never heard that before. But that, um, I don't know was that I, the, I know I saw it, but I remember. Hudson was the, uh, for the original. Oh, was it? I remember nothing 
from that, and I've seen it, and I remember nothing except nothing. That Pierce Brosnan's in it. It's all the memory I have. And th- was this just prior to his James Bond takeoff, or was it just no? I this was, was after or during, after, right? After, yeah, after or during. Yeah, the original was Steve McQueen, Faye Dunaway, uh, The Thomas Crown Affair. Uh, and then gotcha. it was remade. That was 1968. The remake was uh, 99. Dennis Lee was way, in that. By the way, if you uh, if you image search Renee Russo and find pictures of her uh, naked okay. in The Thomas Crown Affair, she is 45 years old. And that's just awesome. That is awesome. She looks great. And that would, how would that make Clint Eastwood? Send, send me a link. Send me a link. Link or it didn't happen. Um, you know what? You know yeah. there was there's every once in a while. I know Scott gets irritated with or gets uh, grossed out by things. Every once in a while, I can't stop thinking about something that's totally inconsequential. Okay, let's hear it. And uh, it's it's when uh, when when he is at home with the flu, Clint Eastwood's character, and he yeah. is uh, he he plop plop fizz fizzes a couple yeah. of alka seltzer mm-hmm. in the cup, and every and other they, drug is on the counter. That's a trope. Yeah, by yeah. Right. Every other drug. One. I'm like, well, which one are you going to take? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and and he did that, and then he got on the phone, and he let the fizz go out of that. And I'm like, oh, I Dude, know you can't you can't take it now. You might as well throw it away. Yeah, yeah. you don't want a flat a flat <laughs> version. Yeah, yeah. If, if yeah, you don't have a flat the version fizz of that. Is what makes it work? Yeah, now it's just alka water. Alka water. Yeah. Ugh. Nobody <laughs> wants alka water. Well, maybe some might. <laughs> Sounds like a thing somebody might want, but I don't it kind of does. Yeah. yeah, that fizz that fizz is there to confuse your uh, your taste buds, so you don't no- notice how terrible it tastes so yeah once the fizz is gone you're out of luck well plus it's supposed to uh, the stuff the fizz is what like goes into your gut and, like breaks it's the fizz what does it yeah it's the fizz what does it i think i'm sure the fizz has nothing to do except a distraction to to, to realize are you sure about that well, how does that actually work al i i'm telling you it's just a distraction for your taste buds so that you can swallow aspirin essentially i think this i think the fuzz, the fizz is supposed to settle things that's I, marketing I, <laughs> <laughs> now i don't know what no, to believe it's, like, it's the same like when you you know when you're sick i guess that's more ginger of like ale. a yeah ginger ale or seven up when you're a little yeah kid, but ginger ale actually sells your stomach even if ginger itself actually settles the stomach but yeah that's you know, true it's sodium bicarbonate i'm looking it up right now it's the sodium oh, bicarbonate oh. that does it yeah. yeah. Okay. Here oh. it is. Fizzy fast nighttime relief. Uh, let's see. Sinus. <laughs> You're on the actual alcohol sensor site, aren't you? Yeah. I'm going. I'm going with the company line here. I don't know if that's a good idea. <laughs> it's probably a bad idea. It doesn't. I can't why really. Don't you, find... why don't you tell us about Sega's blast processing while you're I mean, you're not wrong. I think it's you know it's probably bullshit. Uh, probably more bullshit than not. But I think that's right. the idea is that you're supposed to. It's supposed to. The fizz. I think it's yeah, the fizz. Uh, alcohol seltzer is a buffer which neutralizes stomach acid, temporarily keeps it from becoming too acidic. Okay. Um, uh, let's see. Effervescent, vinegar, blue conclusion. What does the fizz do? Uh, <laughs> I don't know you might hey, right. I got an idea. If you know about Alka Seltzer, won't you let us know and then we'll talk about it there next episode? Yeah, what you know what? Tell have Bobby uh yeah. explain this for science. Is the Tuesday. fizz bullshit? Yeah. I yeah. want to know. Yeah, give us some fizz background. Severe symptom yeah. relief with fizz, it says. Okay. All right. That's right. And then he can tell us about blast processing. Yeah. I think Dunaway is actually right now that I read into that. I think he's totally right. Um, okay. Hey, did you know it was listed among the American Film Institute's 2001 list of 400 movies nominated for the top 100 most heart-pounding American films of all time? 
he didn't pounding yeah very only, very key there yeah. it was nominated in a list of 400 movies for the 100 movies yes. it didn't make it so it's a weird thing for them to even say that they so almost didn't got make it into the top 25 percent yeah 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 it was miss heart pounding congeniality uh oh i watched that you know that was good. What year was that? I watched that recently. That like with Kim. later 90s? Uh, yes, I think. Miss Congeniality, I think it was like 98, 99. Yeah. That movie is better than you remember. It's pretty good. The, the sequel is garbage. Hot garbage. Right. First movie, pretty pretty all right. Uh, what else? Uh, wait, wait, yeah. I, can, I, can I hit you with my favorite trivia in the whole get, trivia list? Give it, huge give it to trivia us. list, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah, more Arnold than usual. I don't know why it's so Arnold big. Schwarzenegger visited the set of In the Line of Fire in 1992. What was he doing oh. then? What was his hot business? Uh, oh, yeah. So, like, he was probably making a movie and heard, oh, what well, Peterson's over here making this other movie with Clint Eastwood. And so he stopped by. Yeah, his movies cool. in 92, product, well, release-wise, was Christmas in-, in Connecticut and Lincoln. And then 93, all his movies released were Terminator 2 Judgment Day. He was probably making Last Action Hero. Could have been Last Action Hero, yeah. The movie that probably took the most and had the most chance to intersect with this. Oh, and Dave in '93. Why was he? He was in Dave. Hold on. Oh no, he was just on a he was on a TV screen in Dave. I hate when they give full credit for that. Oh yeah, that's stupid. (laughs) That's double credits. It's like he's in Commando on a TV, and you got to give him credit again. Lame, lame. But yeah, probably Last Action Hero, because I felt like at, around the time he'd be poking around going, I am still relevant, <laughs> and just making sure everybody knew he was there. Because <laughs> for, for me, the difference between Terminator 2 Judgment Day and, oh, that was, I'm sorry, that was 91. Why am I saying 93? Oh, they have a deleted scenes short thing, and you got credit for that again. All right, never mind. But but right. this this was around the time where I was like, all right, well, his star's waning just a little. Nobody liked Last Action Hero, even though I think it is better than people gave it credit for. But still, sure. nobody liked it. And then True Lies happened, and it was like, ah, the resurgence of <clears throat> of Arnold's career. And it had only been like a year or two since his, since the peak of Arnold. And I don't know why we thought this time was so different then for me. Like now you go 10 years between projects and then say, oh, that guy's not, a, you know, he's not having the career he used to have. I don't know why I used to think two, three years mattered. It's like nothing. It takes that long to make a damn movie, you know? Anyway. Right. Yeah. Apparently that's only interesting to me. <laughs> that's fine, though. It's, no, no. That's fine. It's totally fine. I have there are a lot I of, trust me. fascinating. I just, I was trying to formulate. I have so many things in my head that are more interesting to me than anyone else. So it's totally fine. What I found interesting was uh, I kept asking myself now when there is an assassination attempt, how far do do they have to usher the president away from the scene? Because it seemed way more dangerous after the uh, shots were fired at the, at the rally when he actually shot his little gun, it seemed way more dangerous to run him out in traffic. Like they did in such a hurry that so, seemed more dangerous to me. So it's a public, mm-hmm. it's a public place that they're in, right? And uh, the the point they're trying to make is that you can't trust that the terrorist Area. isn't going right. to blow up the whole building. So right. you have to get the president at the very least completely out of the building, right? And, but they were still going. I mean, they were like they kept showing yes. him like so he's out, he's tailing it. There he is. Yeah, go. and I mean, once you've got the president in his in his tank. 
you may as right. well drive it, right? You may as well go right. somewhere else entirely. But it's like this movie tried to show you how long that would take. <laughs> it, right. be- it became mm-hmm. very comical. It felt like the Three Stooges at, at some point because it took them so long to get him out of the building. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, Ooh, Scott wasn't paying attention. Oh, so I-, <laughs> <laughs> I was. Hey, that was just to get so you back. That was that, that was just to get you uh, back for the last one. Nobody was hearing what I had to say. So there you go. That's how it feels right there. All right, moving. Scott, on. let me give you. Let me give you what I thought was the biggest trope of the movie. I want to. I want to know if you if you agree. I'll play the what sound I- if I think it is. Go. Okay, what I can't believe <laughs> is I can't find this exactly on the TV tropes page for In the Line of Fire. By by far for me, the biggest trope of the movie is when you are a professional investigator at the top of your you're a legendary investigator and someone comes and puts you off the case. Like mm. you're you can't be trusted. You I don't like the way you look or whatever. Mm. Yeah. And they put the guy off the case. It seems it feels like it's in every movie that's ever been told about a man with a badge and the gun. <laughs> I agree. He gets, Gets put off the case, and of course he has to keep working the case. No, right? he never leaves the case. You yeah. can't leave the case. You're going to be back on the case. That's how yeah. that's going to work. And you're going to get the the, You're even going to show up to the big ball, to the big moment, and you're going to demand to see the guest list, and the, and they're all going to capitulate, even though you're off the case. But now you're on the case again, and then you're going to get a chance to redeem yourself by taking a bullet for the most no name actor to ever play a president ever. Mm-hmm. And, right. Yeah. <laughs> in, a, in a movie full of character actors, they find the one person to play the president who I I don't think I can remember him. I don't think I can pick him out of a lineup even just I, seeing the movie. I feel like Hollywood feels the same because I was looking at his credits. He basically has none. He's like in three things ever. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. What, what, Jim Curley. Yeah. Like Jim Curley. What was the deal there? Like here, you want to be president? Sure. How many movies you've been in? And like three. And most of it's TV shows after that. Like he's in Dynasty in one episode. <laughs> uh, mostly one or two episodes in everything line of fire the president and then tv series family album he's in there twice in 94 and 99 something called deterrence i don't remember that what was deterrence uh but you know what he had really good hair is. so maybe he had a career in, in adver- advertisements might have been mm. they don't credit him for any of those here but what a weird job he must have known somebody it's like hey wolfgang remember me yeah. oh yeah you can be in the film yeah. you can be yeah. president <laughs> You're very memorable. <laughs> I like how all of Scott's impressions end with him laughing. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, maniacal <laughs> laughing German people are my favorite. My favorite. Form. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I want to. I want to pick pick at one little aspect of taking uh, the legendary Frank and throwing him off the case, um, and that is at some point someone I don't remember who someone threatens him with being sent to Alaska. It's probably uh, uh, Fred Thompson. Uh, you know. And, and yeah. I just want to say, is there really nothing worse than being given a good paying job with a pension in Alaska? Like, is that okay. is that the ultimate threat? Because, yeah. like, maybe it was 30 years ago and just now, like, we have the Internet. We have a global warming. I'm like, I would totally take that deal. Oh, really? No, I wouldn't. I, I feel like uh, uh, it's darker there for longer. It's cold. It's, uh, you know, no, thanks. That would that would feel like a punishment to me. Yeah. All right. It just it just Sorry. Pushed, yeah. pushed me the wrong way. I was just like, but that, that's not a threat. Threaten, no. threaten, with, threaten him with um, putting him on a Coast Guard detail or something. I don't know. Like, come up with something. I can't imagine. It- I mean, I was trying to think, like, if you're going to go do – well, first of all, why are we throwing 
Alaska is it just because Alaska's remote? Is that why they're yeah. using Alaska yeah, as an yeah, example? Exactly. Yeah, it's, okay. you know, it's uh, Siberia. Was the, it was like an old Siberia. That used to be yeah. the old one, right? Oh, we're going to send yeah. you Siberia. Yeah, you're yeah. going to be cleaning all kitchens in Siberia, and you, or, or it's always peeling potatoes in the galley, or you know, <laughs> right, whatever. I just felt a little Gitmo bad for was, a, was an insult for a while too. I think that's where they would send you. But I just thought, well, they're they're part of the fifty states. They have a problem with uh, you know fake money. They they you know. Well, and, you're a government employee. You're working for the federal government. Yeah. I promise you. There, there's some pretty good federal jobs. In oh, Alaska yeah. Hell yeah. You would, like, you would be very comfortable. Is You'd what be I'm up saying. in Juneau. It's nice there. It's a nice big town. So do, it's fine. Do you think they fired all the Secret Service people after JFK got killed? Do you think? Because I, I, was, I was trying to think. I was like, hmm. Oh, yeah. How would they do gone? that? That's a really good point. Wouldn't. Right. No, would, and, you, and, 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 would you. And again, keep your, let's. Let's yeah. not go too far in the trivia because there's a ton about this. Like you can link really? out to all sorts of things. But bot- bottom line is everyone who was present in Dealey Plaza, there have been documentaries made about them. There were interviews on like 60 Minutes and so on in the years following. Uh, you can just you can find it all. It's all on YouTube. Like, yeah. But this were is they like- fired? There were there were people who quit. There were people who were, oh. you know, were, were, were left and so on. Yes. Hmm. I mean, that's it. That is a failing season in football and everybody's fired if uh, if that's what happens. Well, that's the question. I mean, I just don't know what the the general rule would be like when we could find out on a more recent, you know, a recent example, like when Reagan was shot, did did all yeah. those guys get fired? But he didn't die. No. So, you know, you just get reprimanded. No, and and uh, again, uh, also, you can go find interviews with the you know the people around i love how randy keeps going you could just internet search it if you have any information brian it's a lot of it's just it's just it's not the movies it's nothing like the movie reality is you know a bunch of people doing their jobs and they're working stiffs and they're you know they're not like that entertaining no it really you're you're right about that we 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 hold that stuff in too high of a not regard but like steam yeah or something i for for good for good reason we're talking about people whose job is literally to to take in consideration the name of the movie in the line of fire do you jump in front of the bullet to save the president you're sacrificing your life that's your job yeah well you're that is one potential outcome of your job just like you know right. somebody there are people with the you know, ultimate careers, part of your job the careers in i don't know the army or navy or whatever that will live till 90 retire and die um right. but there's always this chance when they're young shipmen or something that they're gonna get attacked and die in that way so yeah there's always that i guess there's a risk of it but i don't think it's like the ultimate end game for your job you know, nobody's right. going, oh, man, if you're I doing sure, it right. I sure warrior's hope, death. I sure, a warrior's death. I sure hope I get to jump in front of President No-Namer and take a bullet right to my wherever no he took it. Where did he get hit, by the way? I didn't understand how he just got up and left. Didn't hit me. He, took he didn't the, get hit. The president? No, no, no. It's, uh, Clint, Eastwood, Clint Eastwood. Eastwood takes the bullet oh, in, in the got a, he's got a vest scene. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's, got a, he's got a vest oh, on. Oh, he had a vest. He, All right. He actually yeah. says later, you broke my ribs. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. I, I, I let it fly and then later went, wait a minute. How come that was so... Like the whole point of taking a bullet is you got to really trick a bullet, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's not you a know? sacrifice if you don't die, right? Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, why isn't you know the president wearing a vest? Or do right. they? Maybe they do. Maybe, Maybe they, they wear do. one. Maybe. I don't know. I know one of them wore a diaper. Anyway, moving on. Nice. <laughs> all I know is my intro. I was, I was, I was going all this stuff like uh, I'm going to reenact some of these uh, fr- crazy phone conversations, and I'm like, no, I'm not having my uh, me say something about, you know, 
uh, oh, something right. federally Coming, illegal. Yeah. I'm like, I ain't doing that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. sure. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, you know what? It's great that I'm recording this on a Sunday because I'm here to talk to you about Sunday. Let me explain, okay? It's hard to imagine, but spring's almost here. Like, literally almost here. <clears throat> We're so close to feeling that soft grass under our feet. Oh, I long for it. But first, we need to get our lawn back. Yeah, that's right. Winter is, you know, it plays havoc with your lawn. And thankfully, Sunday, get your lawn growing and helps you keep it healthy all season long. If you're worried about all those chemicals you've been using to make your yard look look its best, well, traditional lawn care lays down 90 million pounds of the stuff. Pesticides. Ugh. That's every year, by the way. 90 million. Well, Sunday is different. They're on a mission to change how people care for their yards. And uh, I think that's awesome. Now you don't have to choose between having a beautiful yard and keeping your family out of harm's way. You got little kids? You don't want them out there and that stuff. Most of all, uh, I mean, here's the thing. You and I, we probably don't think about our lawns in the winter. I don't. In fact, I kind of dread how things are going in the winter for it a little bit. But I don't think that much about it. But this time of year, it's time to prep. You're probably thinking, well, you've got too much work to do to get it green and healthy again, but Sunday takes all the work out of it for you. They can help you grow a beautiful lawn without the guesswork or the nasty chemicals. That's what Sunday does. So we love them. Uh, when you go and take the the quick quiz to kind of like evaluate your lawn, it's super easy. They do some like satellite shots of your of your yard and they make determinations very quickly about what's going on. Um, done some cool add-ons as well. Got some weed control uh, seed and pest control, which we needed for the kinds of trees we have back there. That helped a lot. Our our la- yard and lawn never looked better than it did last year. I'm excited to see how it looks again this spring. So are you serious about your lawn care? Are you ready to get serious about it? If not, well, now's the time. Their custom plans include fertilizer and everything you need to easily care for your lawn without the harsh ingredients. They have good ingredients like seaweed, iron, molasses, that sort of stuff. Feel good about your kids and pets playing around the yard. All you have to do is get this link. All right? Go to GetSunday.com slash FilmSack20. All right? That's the code you're going to want to use. You get in there. You get their lawn analysis tool, and it does the rest. You don't have to think of anything past that. They use soil and climate data to uh, create a personal nutrient plan for your yard. Developed and sent straight to your door when you need it. Just attach the ready-to-use pouch to a garden hose and spray. It takes less than 15 minutes. Best of all, the stuff really works. Sunday's offering our listeners 20% off. Full season plans start at just $129. And you can get 20% off at checkout when you visit GetSunday.com slash FilmSack20. That's 20% off your custom plan at GetSunday.com slash FilmSack20. All right, let's. You want to do some clips? I got clips. Yeah. 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 All right. That sounds great because here come the clips. Uh, this is, um, let's see, where did I start here? Okay, there we go. This is, uh, oh, the bad, we didn't even mention him. Uh, very early, we get to hang out with the bad guy from the Saw movies, Puzzlehead or whatever his name is. I forget what Oh, right. Yeah. Jigsaw, yeah. Jigsaw, that's his name. Sure. Puzzlehead. I forgot that was him with a really bad haircut in this film. Horrible hair, but here he is. Yeah. You know this guy, Al? He keeps asking me all these questions about my counterfeiter. Really? Yeah, he asked me too many questions. Now, my instinct usually tells me when there's something wrong. And there's something wrong here. So I had him followed. Okay, so I got a question. Does the Secret Service, despite the name, 
Do they ever do undercover freaking sting jobs like this? this oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. That's because their, they're the primary, like, uh, 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 allegedly, the, the thing they do the most is stop counterfeiting. So, but they, but that means they had to go undercover for a chunk of time. So this guy trusted him and yeah. that just seemed, yeah. and he's, and he, but otherwise he's being filmed out walking next to the police, uh, the, the, the president's car. Or I guess he wasn't at that time. But the, at, as we start this movie, we are at the end of an episode of Secret Service Texas Ranger. Like that's, so we, <laughs> we have to assume all, all that stuff. All right. Fair, fair play. Uh, here's uh, the phone, the big phone call. Yeah. Frank Oregon? Yeah. The Secret Service agent? Yeah, when did I win? My God, it's really you? Who the hell is this? That was you in my apartment last night. My favorite scene happens right after that in the whole movie. What was that? Clint Eastwood... When he's, he's talking to him, he's like, hey, and the fire truck comes by and he goes, hey, hang on a second, I got something on the stove. And then he, oh, yeah, when he, <laughs> he runs takes out off full speed, <laughs> running down. Stairs. I love that. Yeah, that was pretty good. I love, I love the way that they got a, a man, an older man, admittedly, but in 1992, 93, the way we establish that he's really old is that he's listening to like the soundtrack from a Fred Astaire movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's, a, oh, yeah, that was, that's what he would do. He loved that stuff. He played it on the piano. I guess that was really him playing. Trivia says really he him. was a yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, real pianist. Okay. Accomplished jazz pianist. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Um, all right, here's a sexism comeback. Secretaries get prettier and prettier around here. Mm, and the field agents get older and older. Ah! And that guy in the back. <laughs> <laughs> he has John Mahoney back there. Yeah. It probably was. Yeah, um, he, he thought Frazier caught a good one. Here's your I'm going to need that stapler guy. Might I ask why you didn't take appropriate steps to know more that first night? I'm going to need... Uh, <laughs> might I, I'm going to need you to come in and work this week. Might I, I ask? I, this, it's how you start a question. Might I ask? Uh-huh. <laughs> I like that guy. Um, all right. Love it when he gets pissed. God damn it. I like when he's just getting all cranky out there in the crowd. I think it's a, I think it's a requirement for a Eastwood movie. I think it's like Schwarzenegger saying, I'll be back. I think... Oh yeah! Every movie this you could have just played a clip of any Eastwood movie. Just I agree. It. Needs to be a piss pot. Here's him hanging up the phone, real mad. <laughs> oh yeah, dude! Wow. You can yeah. feel it reverberate. You can't do that anymore with cell phones. No, that, that's the the sad. Uh, you can't slam a phone down. No, yeah. I wonder if you know. Sometimes you can it, poke angrily at it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even hang up like angrily during the zoom meeting because it says oh leave meeting like uh, you know you hold on uh, where's the button yeah yeah <laughs> here's how i do it now and this is true if i'm kind of irritated it kind of depends on where i am on the in the house but someone's hung up on me and i'm done with the call i sure. will forcefully hit the end call button and then i will take my phone and if there's a couch bed or some other soft surface in front of me oh. i will spin that phone throw spin it so that it spins about 12 times before it hits the bed but that's as wow. far as I can go because otherwise I'm going to break something, have to buy something. You know, I don't want to do but that. See, you got to worry about the bounce back, right? Because it's going to hit that bed or that couch ooh, and ooh, then ooh. bounce off the couch into something into the radiator. Well, and, that's and you got to you got to throw it like a skipping stone, like a. Gotcha. I've, I've broken yeah. I've broken my windshield before throwing my phone angrily. 
Yeah. Oh, your windshield in your car? Like, were you in inside car. or outside the car? I was inside the car. Yeah. Wow. Interesting, Brian. Damn. Yeah. damn I can't. That's even how you hang this. up. A you phone. guys have some anger issues. Yeah. <laughs> you damn Skippy, I do. Here he is in his car, right here. You can hear it. Listen. Oh man, your window. What'd you do to your yeah. window? Yeah. All right. Here's Banya. But you can't trace the call. They can run a parity check. If he wasn't a line wired for digital switches. You mean you can trace the call? Not if he's in an old twisted pair analog line. No. Damn it, Jack. Will you get a straight answer? Or I'm going to have my partner there shoot off his foot. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? Yeah. Shoot off his foot. That's what you do back then. Here's Fred Thompson doing stuff. You think the French want to knock off the president? Are you nuts? 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 I'd be on a spark plug if I thought it would make any difference. I'm going to run for president. Are you nuts? Uh, Let's see. He did run, right? He ran. For president, did yeah. he run? Uh, so. Oh, he was. Wasn't he was he... among the uh, like the big slate of of nominees one year. Like where there were twelve people running for. for... It wasn't the twenty sixteen one. Um, no, but it was. Let's see, actor. He I'm was looking it up because yeah, you're right. He was a senator. Oh, two thousand eight. Okay. So he ran against yeah. McCain in the primaries and then lost. There it is. Yeah, he passed he away. Right? Served as a U.S. senator. Oh yeah. Yeah, he, he was a senator for as a U.S. senator, t- Tennessee from '94 to '03, almost yeah. well nine years. Yeah, we've had some really, really terrible people make it to the U.S. Senate, and yeah. I'm not saying Fred Thompson is necessarily <laughs> one of them. Yeah, but it's actually I think it's actually easier to to do that than you think. An like, actor, yeah, served. It's like the most exclusive club in the world. Yeah, Fred but, Thompson. Yeah, yeah, it's but just are you not? Are you? Where were you a few years ago? <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Oh no, I get it. I get it. Like we, like Alabama sent a football coach to the U.S. Senate a few years ago. Like it's. I get it. I'm. That's. I'm just saying. I'm talking about the just, the 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 reality show star that was our president for four years. No, no, no. no, no I get it. I get it. I yeah. totally He's a state salesman, isn't he? Isn't he? <laughs> I'm just. I'm just saying. There's a it whole just, bunch of 60, 60 interviews with six. No, twenty. No, yeah. <laughs> you just watch. We shouldn't <laughs> watch three at a time. <laughs> we shouldn't be. Uh, you know, we shouldn't be so easily like convinced that this is okay. No, I agree with you that <laughs> I agree with you that there's nothing about somebody's acting career that should contribute to their. Uh, I, I think he was an actor. He was a senator. He was a, in politics before he was an actor, wasn't he? Like he. Right. No, because he was doing way back in the day. He was doing. He, was um, an, he started out as an order. attorney. He did Law and Order he, forever. He worked as a he worked as a U.S. attorney. That'll get you. He's so. a lobbyist. Um, this is what I call this is the, what I call results of voting anxiety. I talk to a lot of family and friends who go to vote because it's their duty, but then when they get in there. They haven't done uh, all the research that's required for it, and they see a bunch of names, and they select the ones that either fit their party or the ones they recognize. Yeah. And that's just I'm, how it is. Again, I'm not saying this is an embarrassment. Like it, it makes sense that actors, you know, like people who yeah. are trained to go on your TV and convince you of something, right? Yeah. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, totally he's, totally uh, sense. he's been acting he since '85. Watergate Senate Watergate Committee in '73. No. Oh wow! But that well, was that was part of his uh, attorney status, uh, you know, not his right. political status. That's so, probably what got him in, though. And he didn't start yeah. acting until eighty eighty five. Eighty five. Okay. Yeah. Eighty five yeah. through uh, twenty sixteen. He well, he died in twenty fifteen, but something came out 
later after oh, his passing. Yeah. He was the, uh, <laughs> he was the head of Dulles Airport in Die Hard 2. He was in uh, Hunt for Red October, Days oh, yeah. of Thunder. Yeah. Law, he was on we Law and Order. He was on Law and Order while a senator. So he was doing episodes oh. while a sitting senator, which I didn't know you could even do. I guess it didn't I didn't matter. think you could. Yeah. Because yeah. it says, well, Why not? 03 to 2000. No way. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. 05 to 06. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that dude's been busy, man. Matlock yeah. episodes, Roseanne, Days of Thunder, Die Hard 2 you mentioned, Fly <laughs> to the been, Intruder. Oh, He's not man. been busy the last few years. No, no, no. Oh, He's been busy feeding bad. feeding the earth, you know. Oh. Feeding the earth. That's what we do. That's what we do. We go back and we just lay there and, you know, let the earth have its way with us. It's fine. Dust to dust yeah. and all that. Um, all right. Here's a clip from. Uh, oh, I, I wrote the best line in the movie. Let's see if I'm if I'm right. I'm oh, just trying it? to protect. Okay. Well, 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 sorry. Here it is. I'm just trying to protect your boss. Damn it. I like that line. Yeah. Damn it. Damn, damn it. it. Damn it. I also found a clip of uh, this is from Mibbit's mom. She sends me these sometimes. <laughs> this is on prom night. Girl was not happy with you. Don't know all the circumstances, but this is what mm. she said. You know, every time I start to sympathize with you. You say something that really annoys me. Man, what did you say? Oh, yeah. No, that's, that's, that is uh, numb to rigueur for me. I mean, that's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I told her that her dress was cockamamie. And, oh, uh, there okay. you go, cockamamie. She, All right. She didn't understand what that meant. I said, I'm just trying to bring it back. I like the idea. I like the idea that at Ibbitt's prom, his date was 18 and Ibbitt was 34. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Saying cockamamie. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, just like the relationship in this movie. All right, let's move on. Oh, okay. This line was great because it's literally true for me. I'll play it and then I'll explain. Here you go. What high school did you go to? New Brighton High School. Okay, I went to Brighton High School. Now here's why. Oh. This here's why oh, that's Brighton. more more important, or why that line's even more important because Brighton High School, famous here locally. Uh, when I went to high school, especially for having uh, circular hallways, the whole thing was one giant circle. The, the entire oh, it was building. A tube. It's yeah, kind of a tube. Yeah, always wear a tube. It's kind of a tube. <laughs> but uh, like the lockers, <laughs> I know. The, like they they, they were so circular, like around the building. Right, yeah, right. correct. He went to, he went to school. In the, oh, I wish he went to school cool. inside the large hadron collider. Correct. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. We never got it to work. That's why we're all still alive. But anyway, so yeah. the the uh, it was famous for that because you never had steps to go up or down. There was no other floors, mm. and the only down ramp thing was the uh, down to the cafeteria, and it was just a slope. There was no what stairs. Was, what was in the middle? of the circle um, lockers like a post uh, it was a big it was a big cement ring and around that ring were lockers and then okay. you had i'm thinking of like the pentagon like there's a park in the right, middle right. or something right yeah, oh well, there was the, there uh, was Apple, a little park Apple campus kind of thing yeah i'm 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 wrong there was i'm sorry there was a little park and there was also the library in the center so it kind of shared oh, space with the park it was actually kind of cool but it was older and it was behind uh, either fire code or probably earthquake code is my guess. And they had to tear it down. And just this year, unveiled the new school for the new school year. And so when I play this. What high school did you go to? New Brighton High School. New Brighton oh. High School literally exists. It's a thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. It weirded me out it when I a, heard that. It was a that was terrible improv though for that character. It was yeah. like that was awful. you would say you would say Memorial High School. That's the one you would just say Memorial mm-hmm. High School. Yeah. You're, I'm guaranteeing that names a, a high school in any city. I just wish you wouldn't have kept asking. Gosh dang it! Just shut up about yeah. the chit chat. He's going to come oh, to your I'm house from Minneapolis too. Yeah, and your poor roommate is on her way to the mall or whatever. Oh man. Yeah, and once he compliments her and says, "You have a very pleasant way about you," <laughs> she she like does a. Uh, 
super like long, like eye effing him kind of uh, look. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you knew what her deal. But I just remember in the yeah, theater going, "Oh my gosh, what did he just do to these poor women in that apartment?" I was mm-hmm. shocked by it because at that point we thought he was still just kind of a serial killer type. Yeah, like well, like thought, all right, he's only really after the president. Fine, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, then no, he's taking out the bank tellers, uh, which is- actually ends up being his biggest mistake. It, he he thought he needed to to cover his tracks, but actually mm-hmm. killing them is what uh, leads you know Eastwood to that bank and finds the the name the pseudonym right and so on like mm-hmm. if, if he hadn't if he hadn't killed them that he would have gotten away with the whole thing because there's just it's unlikely you know <laughs> and you got to love how one of the uh, one of her coworkers keeps a picture of Pam on her desk Aww. just in case somebody comes by oh <laughs> adorable i mean that was actually i i i noticed that too and i actually thought like i've had coworkers pass away i could see having a picture of them at work really like i could actually on your desk? see it i don't know it would weird me out though. i would never be able to think I'd ha- i couldn't concentrate i'd have to i mean I'm, yeah. I'm all about honoring them especially if we were close or whatever i don't think i could put a photo there i'd be like we have uh we have photo of, of a co-worker passed away in the in the hallway yeah that makes uh, sense that we, that we see every day but yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know mm-hmm. if i can keep on my desk yeah, you put it on your desk. desk that's weird just a little reminder not but everybody to, to customers yeah. <laughs> right everybody mourns their own way though right <laughs> Yeah, don't, talk to don't be nice to customers, don't, everybody. Don't tell customers where you grew up. Yep. Remember Minneapolis Melly or whatever her name was, and don't do it. <laughs> Pam. Pam, Pam, that's right. Pam. Uh, all right, this is what I say every time uh, when in high school when Nick would play mumble rap. This was my reaction. How much of the shit do I have to listen to? There's a lot of that. <laughs> uh, it's interesting. I haven't. I have yet to <laughs> find the the subgenre of music that my kid likes and I oh, don't. You have a time. He's, he's, yeah, right. And, yeah. Yeah. The minute he's uh, goes, uh, and the, how do you feel about Dutch death metal? How's that stuff? Yeah. It's going to be, you know, Peruvian classical, right. Uh, <laughs> literally metal. Right. <laughs> literally. He's going to be looking for something that you'll hate. I want this it's album. Brian just described. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what that sounds like. <laughs> uh yeah he'll get there um and i don't actually the funny thing is i don't actually mind much of it some of that mumble rap turned out to be some decent artists who make good music i really like post malone and some of those guys but some of that stuff just Mm -hmm. all right uh here's another thing i don't know what it says i gotta put all that shit back on oh yeah he's gonna get dressed again (laughs) (laughs) uh all right here he is wooing Bakovich doing that was hilarious. Yeah, it made me laugh. Yeah. I don't think I was supposed to laugh. I think it's supposed to be creepy. I, out. I, I, I think you were supposed to laugh. At least Malkovich wanted you to laugh, I think. Well, he sure did. I don't yeah. know. The whole joke's on mm-hmm. us all, all the time with him. I hear he's good in that. Uh, Randy was the one that said he was good in that new uh, space um, space army thing. What's it called? Space Wars. Uh, space, Wars. Space, space Force. Space Force, yeah. yeah. yeah it's was good it's real good. Yeah. I, I just can't, like, I don't understand how... You can just go make a TV show that's based on the fact that we all think that the idea of something is funny. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just like mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's just it's just weird to me that this it, that it exists. Is it's what I'm it's saying. the Office because dudes, it's like, right? Uh, what's their names? I can't think of his name. Real. The American Office producer guy makes this. Well, this is Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels. Join. Yeah. Jeff Daniels. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, but wait. Uh, he was. Oh, I know him. He he was uh, co-creator of the, the King of the Hill for heaven's sakes. Right. Hold on. Now I correct. gotta find out. You're, no, you're correct. I am correct. Look at that. 
Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am correct. <laughs> Look out, I am correct. Look at that. I was absolutely right for once. Oh, not the Jeff yeah. Daniels, well the done. actor. The actor, I always confuse him with the actor, and then I confuse the actor with the producer, and now I don't know who I am. All right, moving on. Here's a... What? Uh, something about Harry. Is it just a joke to you? No, you're a joke to me, Harry. Yeah, Harry. Yeah, you're hmm. a joke to it me. It must be fun for him to call other people Harry, because right. he was Harry for a long, long time. He was dirty, Harry. Is it, yeah. uh, that's the of the clips you've played so far. That's the one that deserves the trope alert the most because, I mean, really, you're you're really yeah you know like you're you've been doing this forever and you haven't you've not yet once learned to just shut up. No one likes no. the chief of chief of staff. That's another trope in itself. Just the chief of staff yeah. having rubbing everybody wrong or 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 them rubbing him wrong or it's always that big conflict. And I'm not so sure that's that's always i mean i'm sure there's always issues in high government but is the chief of staff really the pinnacle of where everyone's i, I love how how veep turned all of those things on their heads dude like i love everything that show. about everything in those two offices it's the show just, is fantastic yeah mm-hmm. um i also love how many actors on that show were also on west wing i think that's a great thing mm. Uh, don't call him harry you call me harry one more time you'll be busting counterfeiters in alaska there's that line yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh, look, it's the brief appearance of uh, Kevin's dad from Home Alone. Like I told your colleague, I met him at a design conference in New Orleans about a year ago. <laughs> we ordered a few rounds of drinks at a hotel bar. He seemed like a nice enough guy. Some long hair for John Heard. A, yeah. a design conference stuck out to me there. Yeah. Because you're you're trying to give me you're trying to give me more characterization mm-hmm. and instead of what people would actually say. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I, I met him at a comic book based uh, conference in San Diego. <laughs> yeah. No, you wouldn't say that. No, you mm-hmm. would be more. You would say I explicit. met him at Comic Con. Yeah, yeah. He was also right. in Big, I believe. He was a dick oh, yeah. in Big, right? Yes, he's the competing uh, toy maker, vying for Elizabeth Perkins' affection. That's right. <laughs> That's right. He was in a bunch yeah, of. He always plays things. that kind of stuff. Yeah, he was big in. Uh, big in that area but he um again we still haven't seen after hours uh, scorsese's after hours as part of this uh, as part of film sec and we really need to add that to the list but he's great in that as a bartender that's kind of the focal point of the of the movie interesting he had a really really long career like tons of stuff and most of it we all have heard of and seen or whatever oh, died yeah. uh, 2017 at the age of 2071 yeah. it's a little young for dying I mean, for, for the you know, well, for the you <laughs> know, young for the dying for the for the averages, it should he should have lived longer. Um, all right, yeah. bad. Here's some bad yelling and acting. I'm getting my identification, okay? All right, okay. okay. Legit, legitimate. <laughs> I'm getting my identification, okay? I'm getting my identification. I'm yeah. getting my okay. All right, yeah. it's a dumb line. It was delivered in a poor way. It's that CIA guy that was trying to prove that they're on the same team. Which were, it was, and it was one of those things. that's like they uh, they love to start things in this movie that mm-hmm. don't ever go anywhere. Yeah, like the best example is when uh, when Clint Eastwood roughs up a bellboy in front of the press. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, oh, that's going to get him in trouble later. Not really. No, we don't really have anything for that. It's just we're showing it. Didn't to he full on backhand him or slug him or do something like that? He full on hit him, right? Like I didn't, he didn't just he go, come here and let me, let me grab your wallet and hold you back. I don't think he, I think he punched him, which is just, you'd never do that and, right. and live <laughs> or have a career. You'd live, but 
Um, here's uh, let's see. Oh, these are the the hunters. They're so stoked. That is great. That is really great. That's so great. Great. <laughs> That's the last time um, you're gonna say great, dude. He didn't know it, but final great coming out of his mouth. All right, here's uh, do it. Do it. Okay. There's that. I don't know why I did that. Okay. Oh, he originally said I can't do it. This was Dermot McRolney saying he can't do it. <laughs> do <laughs> it. But I like do it. And uh, I, I will. This is where I'll say I thought I had him mixed up with his role in Olympus Has Fallen, where he mm. plays a similar character where he's he's Secret Service with Gil, with uh, Gil. What's his name? Gerard Butler. They're both Secret okay. Service, and then he turns on everybody. And I thought he turned on everybody in this. I had that completely wrong. I didn't. I forgot he died. So there's that. Uh, here's the cockamamie. Stop this cockamamie shit now, will you? That is the most my dad's generation thing anyone yes. ever said. Oh, Eastwood. It really, like, I wish I had, we could go back a few days and have you play that and ask me, what movie is this from? Like, yeah. I would have said maybe Gran Torino, maybe right. uh, it does feel very Gran Torino. Yeah, <laughs> I really need to watch Gran Torino. I guess you really do. I yeah. I would suggest watching them in the order they came out. These Eastwood movies that you missed, mm. because H one you can tell that he's like learned lessons about filmmaking from the previous one. Anyone see the World War Two stuff like Iwo Jima and the other one, the two, the one that's like Japanese perspective and then the American perspective mm-hmm. on the same. Yeah, flight. we watched both of them. Uh, the what was the uh I forgot the Tears from Iwo Jima? Tears from Iwo Jima or something like or that. Yeah, we watched both like of them that. and they were both really, really good. All right. I need to By the way, see uh, Mystic River right. goes in that list. Oh, I've uh, seen he, Mystic River. I love that movie. He doesn't star in it, but it's you know, it's very much a Clint Eastwood movie. That's a great and, movie. Yeah. Yeah, and like you you kinda it kinda helps if you've seen that, then you watch Million Dollar Baby. That was ten years later from this film, which made him 70 wow what, what it must be like to be doing your best work in your 70s you know right that's, that's what I'm looking forward to. it's really cool uh, according to rotten tomatoes his best work was in the 1960s which is interesting to me like if you go rank if you go list his movies in the order of their rotten Tomatoes score oh interesting a, a lot, a they like his, his old ones his old westerns and stuff yeah 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 i mean they're awesome i just think from a director standpoint like you know he's running the whole the whole show at 72 just seems and and now you know in his 80s he's i don't know he's a busy boy by the way if you want to you just want a very very quick rundown uh the top two are fistful of dollars uh-huh. uh, at 98 percent, and the good the bad and the ugly at 97 percent. those are good movies i like them but i don't know if they're as good as unforgiven in my opinion the 70s the 70s too uh in the 70s he he made high plains drifter at 93 percent outlaw josie wales at 90 percent and escape from alcatraz at 96 percent his son's cool what's his name something lance eastwood or something last name is eastwood. alex it's eastwood i know i, know. I think it's lance yeah. not lance whatever it is he's pretty good in things and he looks yeah. just like his dad, which is either good for you or bad for you. Scott, I don't know which. Scott Eastwood. Scott Eastwood. Why do Scott, I not remember that? It's my freaking name. <laughs> 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 All right. No, but I like his uh, his daughter was really good in Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil and stuff. I think. Mm. Uh, oh, wait. Is she the one that's the same age as? Uh, yeah. Girl? It's five days older than Rene Russo or wow. younger than Rene Russo. Wow. That must be a weird thing for them. Anyway. Yeah. Here's a rendezvous line. You have a rendezvous with my ass mother. Yeah, <laughs> that was fantastic. It's I, an R-rated film. Yeah, 
Thank you for not using that for my prompt. Oh, how about that? Sorry, I didn't mean to play that over you. Uh, Yeah, I was. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been a fine selection for Ibbitt's prom date. You're not wrong. All right, here's some respect or something. Goddamn respect! Oh, yeah, when he went off the wall. Oh, yeah. That's some good yelling. That's that's my, I mean, he's always convincing as a yelling guy. That is the hallmark, yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's really good at it. And it's, you know, the, the, I'm going to explain this to you for the last time. Yeah, nothing quite like him. There was one too many scenes, though where he's talking to Clint Eastwood and they realize that he's not far away and then they try to capture him and he runs. Mm-hmm. I, that was just one too many. It was, I, I mm-hmm. this movie, had, it felt like this movie was about a guy running on foot away from his, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he ran a lot. Man. Yeah. I do like hippie John Malkovich though. Uh, you know, <laughs> ducking into good. a, ducking onto a bus, pulling the, the, the trope of the, the bus drives by him and he disappears even though the bus really didn't stop. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's just yeah. clinging to the side of that bus. Yeah. It got that cool fake tooth going gold yeah. tooth. That was pretty cool. Right. The gold tooth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here's Kenny Banya one more time. St. Francis Hotel, Florida Avenue in Northeast. Get it, Jerry. It's gold. I tell you, gold. All right, here's a pipe noise <laughs> that I thought was cool. When he hit himself in the head with the pipe oh. he was trying to grab on top. Oh, that pipe was hilarious. So him doing that little struggle was great, but when the pipe fell through the air, it made this little sound. You hear that little... It's like a little... Oh, yeah. It's like a... It's not like a PVC pipe, but it's not because it's, 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 yeah, when he was hanging off the edge of the building and he grabbed that pipe, he thought about it for a real long time. He's like, ah, right. I'm not going to grab that pipe. Yep. And then he finally did. And, and did. as a viewer, you're saying, just grab the pipe, grab the pipe. And you yeah. grabbed yeah. it. You grabbed it too high. Why wouldn't you grab it near the base? Yeah. That's the strongest. Yeah. Who's, who's been the cop for the longest here? The dummy. That was real dumb. You're exactly. right. Exactly. Yeah. Pissing on your grave. I'll be thinking about that when I'm pissing on your grave. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. Well, they, don't have a, they, don't have a, they don't have a bathroom there? What is, why are you so angry? Here's one of your West Wing yeah. connections. You got, uh, I forgot the name of the... I think his real name's Josh, but I can't remember his character on West Wing, but he's in the car. Ukulele. See, that's how I remember it, you know? Seven numbers, seven letters. You just push U-K-E-L-E-L-E. This is the guy that took... Um, oh, what's his name that left? Can't think of his name. Chris from uh, Parks and Rec. Oh, uh, Rob Lowe. Rob Lowe. When he left uh, mm-hmm. that show, this dude took over. This guy was also really good in Sports Night. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, he just can't spell ukulele. And I, <laughs> before he corrected himself or before Clint Eastwood corrected him, I'm like, that's not how you spell ukulele. Nope. Did the easy thing out or way. Uh, he's he's good. I like him. He is good. Yeah, Go, does all the Sorkin stuff. Goes wherever Sorkin goes. Mm-hmm. All right, here's a, a, oh, that's a good one. I don't owe you shit. Another good one there. And then this whole, okay, one of my big complaints about the movie is this is the final clip. This is the soundtrack we used a lot, and I don't like it, so I'm going to play it. I don't like it. Coming up on your ABC movie of the week. Yeah, yeah. See, that's the problem. Don't don't be doing that to a modern, I would want my money back if they did that today. I'd be like, hold on, you got, you don't make soundtracks like that. That's bad. Yeah. I am going to put down a legend of film in a few minutes. Yeah, put that. I'm sure it's someone who's done a million of these and is amazing, but I'm telling you, all the tense action scenes had TV quality music to them, and I didn't like it. And by TV quality, I mean old TV quality, like a Hulk episode or some Knight Rider shit. Speaking of which, we'll be doing more of that. Uh, that's it for your uh, your clips there. Let's now do this here. Don't you know? No, that's the wrong one. This. 
It's time for the film sack checklist. John Malkovich knows what a gun barrel tastes like. Check. Mm. Uh, <laughs> intimately. Frazier's dad is barely in this. Check. And finally, mm. everyone in this cast will be in multiple White House-based movies and TV shows. Check. Yes. Let's get to the Star Trek connections. Do we have any um, here? I'm sure we do. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big old giant one. We'll start with uh, Gary Cole. Uh, that that's your secret service presidential detail agent in charge, Bill Watts. Yes, yeah. that is his cast listing. Yeah. Mm. Uh, in Watts. Star Trek Lower Decks, uh, in the episode oh. Crisis Point, he uh, Bill uh, Gary Cole played the voice of Leonardo da Vinci. Oh wow. Mm. Um, our powerhouse here is uh, Clyde Kusatsu. Um, Clyde Kusatsu plays a character named Jack Okura. Here. Oh, he's working with Banya on the tracking of everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, exactly. Good old, good, good old Clyde Kusatsu. Yeah. Um, in Star Trek: The Next Generation, and only, by the way, in Star Trek: The Next Generation, you might think uh, other things. No, just this one show. He played Admiral Nakamura. Yep. Uh, and somehow he was in. He was in three episodes, and somehow they are three of the most memorable episodes of right. this show. That he was in uh, the Measure of a Man, he was in Phantasms, and he was in the series finale. All good things. Oh, always cool. like him on Magnum PI. Oh yeah, he was on PI was back in the day. Yeah. That's uh, the new reboot of that is still a thing, I guess. That's still a show, but I've never seen anything about it. But it's going. It's an ongoing thing. I think. Let's see, Magnum. Isn't, yeah, isn't it just called Magnum? <laughs> um, yeah, started in 2018. Dumb. Still going. Huh. Fourth They're season. Cool before it becomes I would have told you that that thing license. Was, like, like lasted half a season. I would have said the it. same. I was sure this wasn't yeah. going to last, but we're in the fourth season now. And there's 24 yeah. episodes per season. Jeez. There is so much like terrestrial stuff that I miss because I'm so focused on, oh, this new show coming out on Amazon. Oh, a new season of this on, on Netflix or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, terrestrial terrestrial TV, for the most part, just sails right by. Yeah, I don't even, don't even notice it. The reason I even know this is somebody snapped a TikTok while they were in L.A. of a car, a scene while he's in his, his Ferrari. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize how complicated that is nowadays. It used to be green screens. You know, sometimes you just fake having stuff when you're driving and then sure. back in the day, the chips guys would be on a, uh, like a, I don't know what you call that. What do you call truck. it? Like a truck. Like a truck. Yeah. 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 And they would just film them and they'd bounce at the same time and that kind of stuff. But this thing was really cool. They had is basically a Ferrari or the body of a Ferrari inserted into like a whole other type of machine that was being pulled by a van that had like nine crew members in that van. And they had a camera that was like out on a crane that would go all around the car. It was crazy. I, I don't know. It blew my mind. Anyway, I don't know why I was thinking of that. Well, now I do because I watched that. That's why I was thinking of that. Moving on. <laughs> hey, let's get to this here uh, uh, soundtrack. I'd give it a, eh, I'd give it an A for all right. It's all right. Mm. Who is it, Randy? You're going to tell us who this is and then I'm going to be embarrassed. It was just so bad. Like at the very beginning of the movie i'm like are we watching beverly hills cop this is not good scoring like it's just bad the, from beginning to end you don't like beverly and hills I'm, cop music this stuff's all right isn't it i, I just I, it felt like we were in the 80s instead of the 90s just i, I don't know yeah. everything about it I, I i spent this whole movie just kind of wincing at the at the score and i'm and i'm mad at ennio morricone i'm i'm mad Whoa! at like one of the easily the yeah. most famous uh uh you know f- film composer from yeah. italy easily yeah mm-hmm. did all and those tarantino like, tr- things and man yeah 
Did maybe, that one? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe oh. one like maybe top five of all time film composers. He's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah he just I, there wasn't a single part of this movie where I was like, oh, Morricone is doing a great job here. No, nope. I didn't even know. Wouldn't have recognized it. I'm sure it was no. like him and him and Eastwood having a moment together and all that. But man, that bumps me out. Just go listen to the Hateful Eight soundtrack. It's very good. He's really good in that. He won an Oscar for that, I think. Didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. My memory is correct. All right. Uh, moving on to this here Twitter post. This is where you guys sum up this damn thing in 280 characters or less. And this week, I think we'll start with Randy. Uh, stealth. Stealth. <laughs> Oops. Oh, my Oops. God. That should be your Twitter post right there. All right. Uh, just, I... <laughs> I, that's that just shows you how some movies can really stick around in your brain. Yeah, yeah, I'm you know? surprised like, that stealth is sticking around in your brain, but that's fine. <laughs> Don't be. Embarrassed. I looked at I looked at the words in the line of fire and and mentioned the previous film sack movie. That's nice. Great. Well done. Um, in the line of fire, uh, something like ten or eleven men and exactly one woman, and she's only here to receive sexual harassment. But it's okay. Because you wink at her afterward. Oh, yeah. You look back. Mm-hmm. She looked back. I like it. Brian Dunaway, why don't you regale us with a thing? <clears throat> in the line of fire, not stealth. Do you find that appealing? Jumping in front of a gun? Yeah. Only if the two choices are that or watching Clint Eastwood eat ice cream with a wooden spoon tongue depressor again <laughs> on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. I'll take the shot. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Make sure you watch that video I put in the thing eventually. I did. It's fantastic. You had the music and everything. Yeah, I screwed uh-huh. around. I couldn't help it. It just really bugged me the way he was eating it. I'm like, I'm going to make something out of that. So there it is. Um, all right, Brian. Hey, Brian Ibbett, give us yours. Sure. In the line of fire, I could watch John Malkovich, old man, explain how the political system is corrupt for hours. Some people die just because they come from Minneapolis. Wow. True. You guys know we've been doing Twitter posts since two years after Twitter started. Oh, really? Yeah, 2009. Wow. And we started doing it, and it's and it was such a young medium, and yet we were like, we're latching on to this baby. It's going to be a thing. And it was mm-hmm. 144 characters. You yeah. Couldn't, couldn't add links. It was all SMS. I still write 144 character Twitter posts. I don't yeah. care. You don't I care? I forget how people used to get so mad at me for posting more than a couple of times a day because they subscribed through SMS and they only had so many messages they could receive in a day. Yeah. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. It uh, feels like a million years wow. ago. Wow. No kidding. It's so weird. I helped. I think Twitter, it, I don't know if we know this. Maybe we do know this now, but it seems like Twitter helped get rid of that SMS problem, probably. Yeah. Maybe yeah. contributed to it. Yes, move forward. Because now Absolutely. it's like, because people, no one talks yeah. about charging per text anymore or having limits. Like, no. Well, no. What, what even was that? It's like long distance phone calls. What even was that? that was a thing? <laughs> yeah, what one even? Of, <laughs> what one even? of my favorite, one of my favorite things to bring up about uh, Twitter that gets people debating is uh, uh, do you delete your old tweets? No. And it's like that's a um, stand up comedians all delete their old tweets. They like, have to because they say stuff that'll get them in yeah. trouble in three years. They have to. And uh, and, you know, there's, so there's like a lot of there's a lot of public figures who they, they hire. They go to like a, a website and pay money to have their old tweets deleted. Mm. And uh, it's just interesting when they're, they're, you talk to people and like some people are like so possessive. Like, how dare you suggest I delete my old tweets? Oh my God, I'm offended. You know, shouldn't be offended. Just do whatever you want. I, the way I, I it, to me, it sounds like too much work. I've got like 140,000 tweets mm-hmm. or something. Like, am I going to go back and do that? No. Could I hire no. somebody to do it? Sure. 
why though i didn't if i said yeah. something offensive yeah. eh, let it be whatever it is i said yeah. plus exactly. if it was bad enough somebody's always screen capped it somewhere anyway oh, so yeah. don't worry about it yeah and then you can photoshop all that shit all you want anyway yeah nothing's real it, is what i'm saying it it does make me sad <laughs> on some levels like uh in 2012 or 2013 Patton oswalt did this amazing performance on twitter mm. where every tweet was the middle of the next uh thought and it just went on for a hundred tweets. It was just this amazing thing that you you could tell he'd like clearly written out and, and, and figured out where the cuts were going to be in this in this entire long tweet thread. Mm. And also, tweet threads weren't a huge thing at right. the time. Right. And uh, it's all gone, you know, because like like I say, you know, you, they delete their old tweets. Yeah. And I'm sure I could find it on like the Wayback Machine or something, but it just it makes me sad when like really really funny stuff is gone. I wonder what our, I know there's sites that'll tell you this. I'd love to know what my very first tweet was. I have no idea. Oh, yes, there are sites that'll tell you. Yeah. Here, uh, so, go on and I'll, I'll tell you in one minute. All right, you tell me what my, my first tweet what was. What is and this stupid thing? You should tell what us are. what all of our tweets, first tweets were. Go look those up. Yeah. Um, okay, moving on. I'm sure it's, it's one of them is going to be trying out this new Twitter thing or yeah. something. Well, at least one, right? I'm going to bet at right. least one of us, if not multiple of us said, mm. oh, I'm trying this out, seeing what this is all about or. Or is it about food? Or who knows what mm-hmm. we would have said? I want to know. This All is right. a test. Yeah. yeah, this is a test. <laughs> I mean, none of us have gone back to delete our original tweet, so I'm actually kind of excited to hear what this is. Yeah. All right, uh, Randy, while you're looking that up, I'm going to do this. Oh, look, it's the, uh, the the alternate titles just handed to me. Uh, in the line of retirement was almost used. They didn't quite decide there at the until the end. Uh, or being John Malkovich's plastic gun. Mm. 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 it's true that's where Malkovich. everything in, Malkovich. in the world Malkovich. that's where everyone in front of you looks like a plastic white gun it's not no way around <laughs> i did like how he kept the bullet in a like a keychain lucky foot yeah it's pretty right. smart little yeah because you know you'll put your keys over there so yeah it's brilliant yep that was pretty good although he only had one bullet or did he have two in there he had two, two. i think he had two okay. two shots because he didn't two. shoot twice i think correct a weird movie. All right. Moving on. <laughs> uh, let's go to this email here. Uh, we have an email. Um, I should I should send... No, this is Fletcher. Filmsack.com. Oh, I was going to have... I thought he did the email address. Sorry, I was going to have that read. But anyway, it's filmsack at gmail.com. Filmsack at gmail.com. Uh, we got an email from Sam who says, Hey, guys, I work... Uh, or sorry, I worked on Sleepwalkers, the movie. Oh, uh, he says, in I fact, think. it is one of the few movies I actually got a film credit for. Some 25 years ago, I was an animal trainer, and I was in charge of the cats that were used in the film. It was also the only time I got an opening credit. Very rarely does an animal trainer get those. Uh, it was a great experience. I got to meet Mark Hamill. That's awesome. Uh, he forgave me for wearing a Star Trek t-shirt, and we had a great <laughs> conversation about his good friend Brent Spiner and how they compare <laughs> collections of acting figures and which one looks the most like themselves. That's hilarious. I love that idea that those two yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Uh, my daughter, a very cute 16-year-old at the time, was granted permission to take a picture of Stephen King and Toby Hooper together. Uh, oh. We found out later that that permission is rarely given by Mr. King. I didn't know that. Mm. Stephen King yeah. kind of picky cool. about that. Because he's weird looking. Yeah. That's why. Hey. <laughs> he is. He's weird yeah. looking. It's fine. It works for him. Yeah. Uh, I have my recommendal next Wednesday. We'll have Stephen King oh. involved somehow. Ooh, that. Early tease. Yeah. Uh, the movie suffered from running out of money halfway through. This happens a lot. They got money from Japan, I believe, and had to change a bunch of things to make the money folks happy. Mick Garris, the director, and Stephen King were not happy, but they were made, uh, or, sorry, but they were made, 
meaning the films, I guess, and it got completed. Uh, still didn't make it a good picture. So if you ever sack it, front credit Sam <laughs> Coulter, head animal trainer, and at the end, Cynthia Sam Coulter, my real name, uh, on oh. the end credits. Uh, I worked in the animal industry for over 25 years. This is one of my highlights. Another movie I worked on, I think you should sack, is Under the Rainbow from 1981 with Chevy Chase oh. and Carrie Fisher. Uh, it is uh, kind of funny and a bunch of little people. Oh, Lordy, the stories I could tell yeah. this or tell from this to someone. Keep on sacking. Thanks for the laugh, Sam. That's awesome, Sam. Love hearing about yeah. this sort of stuff. That's really cool that you get to work in there. And I'd love I to see I remember that, that being a movie that made me feel really uncomfortable. That yeah, I do too. I don't yeah. remember it at all. Like zero memory. Of yeah. It. Did it have animals in it? Must have. <laughs> Must have. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, had, had, um, it was primarily about the munchkins, the, uh, the, the Wizard of Oz munchkins. And, right. uh, but I don't remember any animals, but I imagine, I mean, they had animals in the Wizard of Oz, so it must have. Yeah, probably almost every movie has. Chevy some. Chase is an animal. Yeah. Yeah, he is, by all accounts. And the other ones, let's see, Sleepwalkers. Uh, 92, and that was McGarris, Stephen King. Man, why was Toby Hooper on the sta- on the st- there? That's cool. He's he's your Chainsaw Massacre guy, right? The the oh writer. Toby Hooper, yeah, yeah. Sure. That's that. Getting a picture with him and Stephen King in the same place. Jeez, yeah, yeah. yeah no kidding. All right, I never saw Sleepwalkers. I have no memory of this. It's been a while, but I remember enjoying it because it was. So bad it was good. Ooh, the Borg Queen's in it. Alex Cree or Alice Krieg's in it. Oh, I love Madchen Amick. I like She's her. your Twin Peaks connection. Yeah, yeah. She's great, dude. She is great. She's in Deadwood, too. Very good. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Borg Queen gets around. Um, let's uh mm-hmm. let's yeah. call it good. Our next film is not a film. We're doing a watch along. Um or no, Wayne, are we? How are we doing this? Yeah. We are doing a watch along, okay. yes. Because there's a we got a bunch of scheduled travel stuff for the next couple of weekends that are a little bit weird. As a result, uh, next week we're watching an episode of Knight Rider. I believe it is season two, episode four. What's the name of that episode, Randy? While you're busily looking for our original tweets, that episode is named Merchants of Death. Merchants of Death. Oh, yeah. Is that a that's a Netflix thing, right? It's on Netflix. Netflix. Is it? Yes, it is. Uh, it looks like it's in two places, but this is a saying not what the other one is. Well, anyway, I guess you can buy it. Uh, so, uh, we're doing Knight Rider again. We're going to f- eventually, <laughs> Brian Nibbett will see all of Knight Rider by accident. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All this is how later. you're going to get me to watch Knight Rider is you're going to, uh, just slowly make me watch every single episode. Yep. One episode at a time. We're going to get him there. In the meantime, our website is filmsack.com. You can leave us emails at filmsack at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at filmsack. And uh, hey, while you're out on your little Spotify run or you're doing stuff on iTunes or wherever you may be, leave us a review. I'm sorry, Apple Podcasts. That's what they call it now. Uh, Leave us a review wherever you go because it helps us in ways that are hard to express here. That's going to do it for us, for me, for Brian, for Brian, and for Randy. Window dressing. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com. Goddamn respect! Oh, jeez. Oh, so angry.